Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We're never ready when we do the intros live anyways, so I mean we can just, you know... I'm just going to talk through it. Here's the intro. Welcome to the CU Podcast. Hey, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to the Completely Unnecessary Podcast for Tuesday, July 7th, 2020. Sun's out, gun's out. Alongside Ian Ferguson. He's there somewhere. I'm Pat Contry. On the show today, we'll be talking about... We're talking about... Spike. <laughs> Evo 2002 being canceled. There's Spike in the background. Atari VCS has a release date. The Sega, Sega Astro Mini game price is increasing next gen. Who is watching Quibi? It's both rhetorical and literal. Um, also, Patreon poll, blah, 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 blah. Um, real quick, Ian, before we get into why, why you, you are virtually here, like a hologram, holodeck suite. So <laughs> um, we got wares. We got certain NES you know, guidebooks. We got T-shirts. We got enamel pins at ultimatenintendo.com. We also now have, as you can see on the desk, I finally dug them out of the garage. I have original RBI baseball unlicensed Tengen uh, labels. I don't know where I got them from. I believe it was a swap me like six, seven years ago. Some, some it was. Te- you told me about Some like it. 19-year-old had a roll of them, and I bought them at the time. So they're available on the website as well. I've already sold about 50 of them. So if you want to make your, uh, you want to make your, your coffee table, now's your chance to do that at ultimatenintendo.com. And, and real quick, Shout out to Numskull, who sent me the quarter size Galaga Arcade right there. Ian can't see it. I, I can oh, I'm jealous. It. It's really nice. It's really I, nice. I, I don't want the, uh, the, the Galaga one is cool. There's a Dig Dug one. Do, no, they do a Centipede one. That's the one you want, but they do have a Dig Dug one if you want to get into that's, the, that's the, nice. Mr. Driller's Mr. I, Driller, I, Mr. Cinematic Universe. I do have oh, you have the shirt on. What, yeah, that's what I'm wearing today. That's all I've been doing this this weekend is playing Driller. So but, so uh, so you're self quarantining just just in case. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get into entirely why, um, but um, yes, needless to say, uh, someone accidentally exposed themselves to. Uh, person who, COVID, yeah. and then exposed vani to it which of course exposes me to it which means that we are now playing it safe um the lockdown for vani and i the, like the the like quarantine quarantine will be over for us on, well, on uh, sunday um so yeah uh it's it's crazy like you know i'm not even really going outside um you know, when, when the lockdown started, obviously masks staying in, but 
occasional runs to the grocery store. Yesterday, I had groceries delivered to me for the first time ever. I had booze delivered to me for the first time ever. Um, yeah, so that's that. I mean, I we're mean, fine. That's just the way it's got, it's got to be right now to, to be safe. Yeah. Um, and people are acting crazy, of course. There was two craziness uh, videos that happened. A guy in Costco, like someone asked him to wear a mask and then he like threatened like he aggressively approached him and he's been fired they, they already found out who he was he was it's in fort myers florida that, that came out this morning and of then there course. was a, there was a crazy woman in target with the forty thousand dollar rolex that tore down the display with all the masks for no fucking reason at all and, oh i saw that and she the, was wild and the police came and realized she was a nut and asked her questions and the police officer said okay that's all we need mean that okay we know you're a nutcase we're going to have you evaluated probably for like 48 hours whatever they usually do 72 hours so they, they arrested her and got her the hell out of there so uh, yeah this this is um yeah not we're, we're not exactly like you know um bring out the best in one another with all this. it's it's where we are we are we are we are like it's like our version of the zombie apocalypse except we're we're, we're like we're, we just can't we just can't act sensibly like we, it's, it's well just, i mean that, that's my problem we talk about this every week and some people you know hate it but i feel like it's important to you know keep it up there it, it's not something that just goes away um and you know vani and i feel fine um i don't actually necessarily think we got it but if I went to work and found out that a bunch of customers got it or my coworkers got it, I'd feel fucking horrible. So, you know, just take the time or, off. Or and... I guess if Pat got it, you would. Well, that's why I'm here, <laughs> Pat. <laughs> and Pat. <laughs> I mean, that should go without saying. I mean, you were like, well, you know, we could do it with a mask. I'm like, eh, we should probably just. I could put you the other side of the room. We could. <laughs> I could do that. Yeah, no. It's it, it's just not worth it. I don't want to listen to you complain to me if you get COVID. No, I would sign a waiver. <laughs> I, I'd sign a waiver. I can't sue you if I if I got sick uh, uh, from it. Um, I, of course, uh, Ian, you've uh, you've watched uh, you watch the new Unsolved Mysteries this weekend since that came out like three, four. Oh, days. yeah, Bonnie and I watched all six episodes. We watched uh, we watched three in one night, and then we finished it up in the second night. We it, we took care of it quickly. Um, what what are your general thoughts on it? Yeah, you actually wrote it. It's on the patreon.com slash you podcast. You wrote your, your thoughts. Yeah. So those are my, there's thoughts up there. Um, but in general, I thought it was, it was very good. Um, seeing the, um, nod to, uh, Robert stack in the intro was huge. That was so key for me. You saw my Twitter reaction. I did. Yeah. (laughs) But that was so key to me going forward and enjoying it. They were like, okay, we've acknowledged it. was proper. You have to. You have to. And I I think that's not where it stopped, honestly. They didn't even try to bring back a host. Um, They tried to bring back Dennis. They tried to bring Dennis Farina in as the host. uh, Farina? Yeah, Farina in like 2008, 2009, 2010. um, And he just repackaged the older, uh, you know, mysteries to see if they could get more hits on them. And it doesn't work. when someone like Robert Stack is so ingrained, I think in the, uh, you know, in your memory of it, when you bring it back, the best option is not to try to replace him. It's to just do away with, with that. Yeah. Uh, go a different direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they focused mostly on unsolved murders, which I kind of figured they would do. Uh, I, I, I kind of assumed that, you know, um, aliens and ghost stories especially today with this kind of technology and the ability to capture things i think for a lot of people that wouldn't hold the same 
interest, I don't think it would hold up as well. It would probably come across as a lot cornier or cheesier than um, than it originally did. So I, I do think, you know, focusing on true crime, that's popular right now. And also it, it's the thing that, you know, audiences are actually the most likely to be able to help with, which I think is a good aspect. Well, of sure. Terms, like, they can't call in and say, yeah, I know all about the aliens. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I met that alien myself. <laughs> oh, I've seen, I saw something the other, other week. Right. Um, can you give me you a favor? See if, your, see if your system mic is at 100% while I talk about Unsolved Mysteries. If you go into your little settings real quick. Um, so this is my is thought. Is it too I, loud? Is it coming no, in No, too it's, not too, it's not loud enough. I like to have it as loud as possible. Oh, okay. So I, so I can lower it on, on the mixer. Um, this, this is my thoughts on it. Um, I, I overall liked it more than I didn't, but I was not in love with it. Um, okay. I saw the first episode. I saw the third, uh, the third episode, the one that took place in France with the family that, that they all, you know, they all, they all died and the, and the father disappeared. And I saw the first 25, 30 minutes of the second one last night when I fell asleep to it. Um, the, the issue I have with these is that they're obviously shot as like movie documentaries. They're all about between 50 and like 53 minutes. They're a little bit shy of an hour. There was a lot of padding uh, to these a lot. And I, and I understand what, with, with, with the way people like to watch these things nowadays, that you want to find out more and more about the people involved and the family. But the original Unsolved Mysteries was like, all right, we got to tell you the story in like 11 minutes. We, we have to get in and out in like 10 minutes, um, give you the basics. We'll give you like a little bit background for like 30 seconds on the family and let's go. This, uh, I appreciate them like obviously talking to the family members and friends, but there's so much unnecessary information that it's, it's just stretching out for like in the, in the, in the French episode, um, they're talking about like, well, the, what their family crest meant and talking about the history of the town. And I'm like, I really don't need this information to try to get into the mystery of it. It's nice, but you're really stretching it at this point, uh, talking to some of uh, some of these people, the, the friends. And um, that was my biggest my own my, my complaint is that um, I, I, I like fell asleep the first time I watched the French episode. I had, to, I had to try it again. These can be done like probably a half hour, 35 minutes. You can cut out 15 minutes of these, and I think you'd be fine for it. You don't need an hour for these. You don't. Sure. I think with um, – uh, yeah, I, I think you could probably fit two mysteries in – In an hour. Yeah. In an hour. Yeah. You know, you don't need to go and do the um, – you don't need to go and do – you know five or whatever four i think four or five or whatever it was with updates like in the original but i i I think i even said in my writings that i would have preferred you know um the original multi-mystery format or just even do them half hours because like i literally i was watching the the hairdresser one episode two where the the woman disappears and god that one was terrifying i I don't well don't tell me the ending because i only got halfway through i literally at one point em fast forwarded like two minutes and i I lost nothing. I like I hit it because it was like the son talking, and then it was the coworker talking about like her being hired and and how it was interacting with her. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's cool. You knew her, but this has nothing to do with the mystery at all. And, and that was the only <laughs> complaints I had. It's like it was literally filler to me as to to, to to make it to pad it out to 50 minutes. You didn't have to have every, every episode be 50 minutes probably, but they padded it to make sure they were all that length. Probably because that's what the Netflix deal is. It's probably based upon the amount of time. But that's not the format I, I liked about the original. Obviously, it's a different format. That's all. Sure. It's. I mean, it's fine. Like the 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 first episode was um really 
really cool that mystery with the guy taking the header and they have no idea how he, he got there yeah that's crazy i think my personally i think they i think they beat the shit out of him and killed him and then placed him there and put the hole in the roof that's what i think but whatever um like cut i think i think it's more likely that they cut a hole in the roof that's what i mean they shoved his ass through there yeah okay yeah that's what that or that's what i mean like um and then the the, the the with the with the french uh crazy father killing the family that wasn't so much a mystery as just that what happened to him so to me that was like borderline unsolved mysteries it was like well we know he killed them probably he killed the family but where is he now like that that was that was the only kind of weird thing about that one to me oh yeah no he definitely killed the family and i yeah. think it was partially like a um it was yeah it was, it was a wanted one the unsolved mysteries like, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's it's to put some of that variety back in there that that used to be that used to be in there. So I'm, I'm looking forward to the alien episode. There's no ghost episode, right? I thought there was going to be a ghost episode. No ghost episode. There is an alien episode. Yes. Okay, I would prefer the ghost stuff. I would prefer the ghost stuff, but, but, uh, but that's okay. But anyway, yeah, the Robert stack, just the little, the little ghost image is like perfect. And I do like, I do think the, the remix of the theme is tasteful and well done. I do think that it is. It's good. It's, I don't it's think it was piano. You don't, you don't have to reinvent the, reinvent the, uh, the wheel there mm-hmm. and that was uh, the unnecessary fan actually asked us that question what do you guys think about the new new season any theories for the episode well i gave you the one on that in terms of the the, the end of the third episode with the french guy who who walks into the, the french wilderness basically and the mountains i think he escaped and he went he got on a cargo ship or went somewhere like they said that he might have gone to south america he knew spanish and english and he disappeared that's what he did yeah i think that's it too i mean i don't spoilers look into it, but yeah I, I feel like there's probably enough people or <clears throat> you could probably still disappear pretty easily especially depending on when that crime was it that was that was something that blew my mind too uh because i watch you know a lot of forensic files and the old unsolved mysteries was seeing cases that occurred in like 2005 and after i'm like oh that's that was yesterday <laughs> sure in terms of the the the, the first episode with the, with the guy doing the financial newsletter and working for the financial place. Uh, yeah, they killed him because he was going to say something probably to someone and it cost him a lot of money. I mean, that's obvious. Yes. I mean, that is the, my the, guess the friend had some involvement either. If the friend didn't have an involvement with the killing himself, the friend knows about it and is not talking. I mean, that's the friend never said anything. And, they, and the company put out a gag order to not talk about it, like the day afterwards. So right. that's like some nineties, you know, lawyer crime novel shit that happened to that poor, that poor sap call in the middle of the night and he goes there and then you know it, yeah and they you know and then and then the, and then, the, and, then the, and then the and then the detective working on the crime is transferred like three weeks later so like he can't even continue to work. so it was just like the worst per, the worst storm uh, you could have had and all the other other uh, police thought that he killed himself and i was like what are you kidding how could he have jumped like f- like all that length to get there and go perfectly like a perfect swan dive straight down like it was insane like you yes. see, go watch that that first episode to me is is it, that's an unsolved mystery to me that you had the creepy note in the back of the computer that like, like what the hell is this like that's there's some so i actually talked to vani about that though because we were watching it together um if you pick up one of my like notebooks and were to just look at it i leave notes like that all over the place and they mean something to me and i was like you know they probably read really really creepy i i hope i don't die <laughs> okay <laughs> boy, boy, don't, don't tape it don't tape it to the back of no, a monitor no i don't hold it i certainly don't so do like that. is it a clue is it you know is it a cipher anyway all right check out unsolved mysteries on on uh netflix hopefully it comes back six episodes i gotta get through i gotta get through the second episode 
and let's see what happens to that that woman where it's it's always a creepy thing when like you get the witnesses that say oh yeah i drove by and i saw either a man or a woman talking to her and it was weird Mm -hmm. that's always the weirdest shit because like you saw something bad that was going to happen or the the start of it and and it was the middle of the daylight too Ooh, it's just creepy it was like noon or like yeah oh god ah ah i'm getting i'm getting getting all creeped out thinking about it blah all right. Uh, when will the Switch, Nintendo Switch, be back in stock? We got the skinny. This is from Forbes, a Forbes article on here. Uh, um, so, yeah, they were saying it looks like, you know, should be by the summer. That's not an exact date. Well, we're at the summer, but I guess late yeah. summer. Uh, we're into the dog days of summer officially. Is that like mid-July, like the middle of the summer? The dog I think days dog days is supposed late. to be August. Oh, that's when it's like really bad. Yeah, it's like the hottest. That's when people go craziest. Um. But yes, they were saying that basically they could not keep up with the um, demand caused by COVID and that they are working on it and hopefully they should have things ready to go uh, by late summer. Um, The article on Forbes, you know, talks about how uh, the regular switches are still going for, you know, high 400s to high 500s, Um, you know, and the switch light is, you know, selling regularly for about uh 300 okay um, uh, Nint- yeah no go ahead no I, I just think it's interesting that it's being advertised on twitter so much and people are complaining well, why are you advertising it well you have to keep it in people's minds not even if it's not on the shelves and you right. and you can't get a switch light pretty much anywhere right now the switch light's been has been readily available it's, it's been available. see i've heard otherwise i've heard that it has not been readily available. okay here whenever i whenever i about once a week or so i, I check the target site and it's in local targets near us the switch okay and honestly this and the switch was back in stock at best buy i think i checked like three four days ago i almost bought one for the hell of it but i'm like i don't know anyone who wants one um i so i could have bought on best buy then 20 minutes later i went back it was out of stock so it went went probably within like a half hour hour of it being back in stock and it was in stock at the santee uh target it was in stock the gray one uh days oh really but not anymore probably but it was so they're getting back out there uh with it and yeah, you want to advertise, uh, obviously, products to make sure they stay in people's heads. That's the whole point. Well, yeah, if you wanted one at one point, they got to make that you didn't buy it if it was out of yeah, stock. You, they got to make sure that you keep remembering that you want one. Sure. Like, like a certain <laughs> NES guidebook. Go. You got, I got to remind you every other week about that. Oh, by the way, with that, thanks for, uh, I did a 10% off sale over the weekend for 4th of July. Thanks, everyone who purchased a, a book or two or pins. We sold some pins Yay. for 10% off. And uh, yeah, I got to do sales uh, like that every so often uh, there. Uh, yeah, I thought, like I said, I thought about buying it off Best Buy because at least you would have got the better, the longer battery life, right? And then sold my old one, but I'm like, eh, it's not worth the, the hassle. Would have been, I, I could have done. I was like, eh. Plus, they were the gray ones for sale too, and I, I could have, I could have been cheap and switched out the Joy Cons and then sold the the gray Joy Cons with my old console. I could have done that. No one would have known. You would have gotten new, better Joy Cons without the potential of drift, probably, right? Sure. I mean, you could have been a weirdo about it if you wanted to. Yeah, what, what, there's no weirdos that when it comes to gaming. What are you talking about? <laughs> none of us, none yeah, of us at all, are, are, are weirdos when it comes to that. Speaking of weirdos, uh, the Last of Us Two voice actress uh, addressed uh, some uh, death uh, threats she got, and I mean, I don't have a huge amount of say. It's just, I mean, it's fucking people. Like, come on, like, come on. She's an actress hired to to voice a role. And she has no say on the story or how the game is made or the creative decisions. She's getting a paycheck. She's coming into a booth for like a week or so, and she's doing her lines. Like, like, 
Come on. Are, are people yeah, are but she's insane? a woman with muscles, Pat. Those don't exist. They're obviously just make-believe. You know, that's not a thing. It, it's ridiculous. We've gone for so long without having any opinion on The Last of Us 2, and I was really hoping we'd fucking make it out of this without ever having to have an opinion on The Last of Us 2, and I still don't. Um, I just think that people need to fucking calm the hell down. Uh, things can sometimes uh, be disappointing. Maybe you were disappointed in it. Maybe you loved it. But sending death threats to the voice actress isn't going to fucking solve anything. Um, it just makes you look like a big goddamn baby. Uh, what? There's, there's babies out there? Really? Yes. Yes. And they should sometimes sit down and shut the fuck like up. They should sit down and shut the fuck up. That's right. Uh, not threaten people. Yeah. Not Don't threaten people because you're angry about your video game. It's dumb. Well, they're angry about dumb. their own lies, but it comes out in a video game. The same way, like, it's like you hate your own life, so I'm going to try to find something to be angry about, like people telling me that, well, maybe you, you know, maybe you should wear a mask and be respectful. And so no, I'm going to use that as a tool of my anger. I mean, that, that's, that's what most of these people are doing. Come on. If you're, if you're happy and, with your own life and content, you don't find things to get angry about. Like, you just don't. This is psychology 101. You don't need a doctorate in order to figure these things out sure you know but so but that's but that's a whole other issue about angry a lot of times just angry young men and why we have so many angry young men that's a whole other conversation that i don't want to get into that can go into lots of different directions so um obviously people have rallied around her including toxic youtubers that created the environment in order to create people like this oh that isn't that something special isn't that something special you have toxic pieces of shit maybe a one who's gone after us multiple times in the past that uh, make their make their living off of creating uh, divisive and, and and videos that harass people, and then now you're trying to be play play defensive because now the YouTube environment is potentially changing, and that stuff's not being tolerated as much anymore. Maybe their days are numbered. Uh, oh well, what are you gonna do? Karma sucks, right? Um, yeah. So, how about wait. that Street Fighter Two proto being dumped? The Genesis. You look at that. It's a, a Hidden Palace had, had the news come out. An earlier version of Street, uh, Street Fighter Two that I guess uh, was being done by not not being done by Capcom and they weren't satisfied, so they had it redone. Uh, I don't have a huge amount about to say about this, but I love the fact that this stuff is coming out like now it's coming out in droves. Hmm. All all these stories. Uh, we, maybe we, we shame we shame the the proto hoarders. Maybe I don't know. Or now that the environment's more where people realize, hey, I may actually come out with this stuff before it rots away in a in a in a, <laughs> in a fucking shoebox somewhere in the attic. You know. Um, so this is, you know, Street Fighter 2 Dash Championship Edition. This looks to be closer to, I would say, probably the PC Engine version that actually did come out um, than maybe the one that ended up being released. Um, but it's nice to see it. I just, you know, at this point, I don't always have something to say about it. Uh, it's, you know, it's Street Fighter 2. Yeah. Um, but I'm happy that it's out. I'm happy that it got there, and I definitely don't want people hoarding it. But yeah, I, I just I don't know. Street Fighter Two. We've seen a lot of Street Fighter Two. <laughs> yeah, the, the most interesting part about this was that it was turned out this is related to I guess what they thought was a bootleg uh, ROM version, uh, or it was a bootleg game version in the mid '90s that came out, and they was like, "Where did this version come from?" Well, it was someone took this version and put it on, a, I guess, a cart back in like the mid '90s or what have you. At least that's gotcha. what. Or at least oh, it showed up on a BBS board at first in like 94, it looked like. I think that's what happened. This is a long story, and I try to keep up with it. There's a, I mean, there's a lot of, lot of, uh, 
lot of historical ins and outs to this story. I was going to say a lot of ins, a lot of outs, a lot of facets. But basically, within like six, and this is why, the, and this is why the game was delayed. This is why it came out after the uh, the superintendent one. It turns it, it turns out, um, and uh, I was going to say, and, but this helped uh, open the door because Ca- it, it, with Capcom's relationship with Sega, because Capcom was pretty much a straight up still third party partner with Nintendo up to this point in time. So this this sort of uh, opened the door with Capcom putting more stuff on uh, the, on the Genesis. That's what at least the article sort of uh, says. So it's interesting. Check it out at hiddenpalace.org. Uh, Your source for hidden game information, I guess. I don't know uh, there. Um, and then you, want, you want to talk about Shenandoah? No, I told you we were going to talk about that next week because I'm going to play it. Okay. All right. <laughs> don't, don't pull the curtain back. Entirely, well, I deleted it. We said we weren't going. I didn't about. notice you deleted it on 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 the, on the agenda until now. I didn't see it. Sorry. The agenda. It's an agenda. Um. No, but we can move on. Sure, we're going to talk about it now because it's just weird. I'll try it. So uh, I, 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 I'm going to try it for next week. But a game came out on the Switch as of today, I believe, called Shenandoah '93. Great. Um, you deleted the you deleted the link. Now I can't look about what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> I told that's you such, work that's such an Ian move. Okay, yes. Pat, I'll talk about I, it, but I don't have the link to access it. I, I, deleted go it, for it. I deleted it in an attempt to keep you from bringing it up. You brought it up, and now it's just awkward. So Google it. Um, it was being made uh, in 92, I believe, on the Amiga. And, you know, whatever youthful group of young friends right. were making. Now it. when I search Shenandoah Switch, it comes up Shenandoah Switchgrass, the, the, the species. I can't find this. Where is this being released on? Type Shenandoah 93. 93. Okay. Go for it. <sighs> anyway, uh, they apparently, uh, the development team, you know, blew apart. I'm assuming they were probably teenagers. Um, and someone decided to finish it now uh they took all the original graphics and sound effects everything that was originally on the mega and just transferred it into uh you know something that they could finish the game in today and are putting it on a system that people can actually play so it's going to be on the switch and i will be trying it today i think that's an interesting story is it spelled shenandoah like she nan do ah is that or is it a different spelling because i I cannot i cannot find it now ian and now i gotta now I gotta find the video, Doa. put it in the video over your face. Three, to, to switch. You, I'm gonna put it over your face to teach you a lesson over their hologram image. Maybe just pay attention. Nineteen. Oh. I typed in Shenandoah '93 switch, and it's the first damn. Thing oh, it wasn't that for up, me. Patrick. I put in Shenandoah '93, and it like it went back to like the university. Shenandoah '93 switch. 1993 Shenandoah for Nintendo Switch. Boom. Here it is. Anyway. Oh, there it is. Oh, Nintendo.com. Okay. Or NintendoEverything.com. Yes. Wherever, Towards wherever. the end of the Interstellar Wars, chaos spread, and one band of elite mercenaries acted more like pirates and looters than actual soldiers. The leader of this group was the notorious and infamous Colonel Nestor. So there you go. Oh, oh Colonel Nestor? That's nice. I like that. I like that a lot. Can we get to the Intergalactic Wars? I feel like that'd be more interesting than what we're going through right now, slowly, you know, slowly <laughs> being torn apart. Can we just get to like a, a thing like that? Can we, can we get to like a, the Dominion War? Can we just do? I'd rather serve in Starfleet or do something like that. <laughs> oh, I finished. I I finished Deep Space Nine, and the mm-hmm. seventh se- seventh season wasn't as bad as I remember. I remember there was a there was a tail off, but not as bad as the Next Generation tail offs in the sixth and seventh seasons. Um, it was still re- obviously really good. The last episode still is hokey because I read they, they ran out of money for the budget, and that last fight between D- Gold Ducat and Cisco was awful. 
um, with the effects and they, they, they jump into the fire spoilers. It's really bad, but still a good, satisfying ending to Deep Space Nine. Now I miss it because now it's like your friends are gone. That's, that's how nice those characters were. Sorry. Yeah, it's, no, it's easy to get addicted to shows like that, even if they're not that great. If you, like, if you buy into something and you watch it to the end, um, yeah, there, there, there's an attachment. Uh, Vani and I are finally finishing Game of Thrones. We have three episodes left, I think. And the last season is fucking <laughs> awful um but you know you get attached to the characters so it's kind of like eh, it's going to be sad to see him go anyways J.R. martin still hasn't finished the book for the last year so he can like change around he's in a cabin somewhere in seclusion trying to, to he which is like the worst procrastination george r martin J.R.R. martin you're mixing tolkien and martin oh, yeah. <laughs> hey he might have taken some ideas <laughs> so i'm mixing them together <laughs> so, so good old george you know, it's a lovely fellow from what I hear people that personally know him. I know a couple people that have interacted with him. Um, he's, he's like basically forced himself to finish the book because it's like the worst case of entertainment procrastination ever. Um, like he's like years behind finishing this book. Yeah, well, and then, you know, I feel like it, it, it kind of backfires on him eventually too because um, the book isn't finished. Everyone was into this thing that was based on his book. Everyone hated the way the uh the tv show because it wasn't the book done for that last season right so for the last like three seasons (laughs) oh oh, yeah so is he gonna did he give him a story outline at least or they do their own thing well from what i understand he gave him a story outline but what i'm all i'm getting at is he needs to finish it because like if if he doesn't want people to think about his novel series in a negative light he needs to finish it and provide you know his ending that people can either agree with or or disagree But but how far is he allowed to go away from what the tv show did now i wonder i wonder how far allowed he could probably he'll he'll fill in the gaps and Oh, why did evil dragon lady turn out to be homicidal and whatever? Well, it's a, she was, but maybe we didn't explain it well enough. Like he can fill in the gaps. You know? See, that's that's one thing, and I haven't gotten to that part yet, but I know that, that 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 that's coming. And it's just like, I don't know. Maybe it's because I had inklings of it, you know, early on from what people had been saying. But it's pretty obvious that she's got a fucking mean streak, and she could turn it at okay. any given time. Well, there you go. I mean, to me, that's not that's not the problem. And I, like I said, I haven't seen that yet, but that's not the problem with the final season. The problem with the final season is Vani and I watched like a two-hour-long episode that was an hour and a half of shitty fucking blurry fight sequences. And all these people are like, if only it had two more episodes. And I'm like, they didn't fucking do anything with the episodes. They, they didn't had. have. They just, just, it was an hour and a half of bullshit. And I just like laughed They just meandered it. around. Yeah, it's just like fighting and killing, and it's like they're not doing anything with this shit. So, I think they just ran out of fucking ideas. Um, so this is a press release that I don't think anyone's talked about yet. It's interesting. So, um, uh, Collector Vision had put out the FPGA uh, ColecoVision uh, console, the Phoenix. We talked about it. The Kickstarter uh, tried to happen what a couple years ago. It fell short, but they still they still um sold it and, and people have this it's like 200 dollars, right about yeah and they put it out it started releasing middle of uh, 2019 i think so like last summer yeah and we at the same time it's a cool idea i saw it. it's it's an fpga ColecoVision with a cartridge slot and you know everything so if you like ColecoVision, you want to get this version yeah. this is exactly the sort of thing that i like look at and i go this is like you don't need a new system 
We don't need an Amico. We don't need an Atari box. We don't need any of that. If you want to make a new system because you like old stuff, just make like the kick-ass version of what you play. Sure. Um, we've got the, you know, the AVS that does it for Nintendo. And we've got the, um, uh, the Collector Vision Phoenix for ColecoVision. And I, that is something that, you know, it didn't hit its... We talked about it when it was, when it was uh, in its, its uh, Kickstarter. Um, there wasn't a wide market base for it. No. But there was a market base for it, and they scaled. It seemed like they were scaling appropriately, and they realized that this wasn't something that was going to sell like fucking gangbusters. No. I mean, anything pre-NES is, is rough when it comes to the marketplace. When, when sure. it comes to older Atari stuff, obviously ColecoVision and Television somewhere in there, Odyssey 2, there's just no one that, for the most <laughs> part, is following this stuff anymore. Um, that's not controversial. You can hear CEOs potentially try to mix things and, and, and straight out lie. Like, I don't know, maybe a CEO once said something like they sold more in television flashbacks than NES Classic Editions, which is total fabrication and outright <laughs> lie based upon nothing. Maybe someone uh, said that at one point. I don't know. Oh, please. I mean, t- take a freaking joke, people. Like, but, seriously, take a joke. Thanks. But uh, anyway, so this this press release is them, uh, is the team's uh, at Collector Vision, which includes our pal John Lester, Game Trade One. They are uh, teaming with Coleco Holdings, the trademark company, to, I guess, get that ColecoVision branding and logo on the system. Um, this is what I'm going to say. I understand it from a business perspective. You want to, you know, you want to make it seem quote unquote more legitimate and having that branding on there. I don't, I, I hope, I hope this is a good deal for the, for the folks at Collector Vision because this isn't the type of a deal where this is going to blow up and then people are going to realize this exists. Like people, if, if you wanted to learn about this before, you would already knew this console existed. Like if you were that into the homebrew scene or wanting to do it, you knew about this console getting the branding. I think for most people won't, you know, there's no people that are going to be on the edge be like, Oh, do I want to get it? I don't know. Oh, it has the branding. Oh, now I'll get it. I, so maybe there's a few people, but um, I don't know. That's all I'm going to say about it. It's just, it's the just, two comments are interesting, honestly, uh, on this article. Uh, and, it's from, and it's from action figure is the only article I found. Right. But uh, and, 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 um, and uh, what's his name that, that, that runs Clico Holdings, uh, Chris, whatever his name is that I met. Chris Cardillo? Yeah, he's a big yeah. B.I. Joe collector, so maybe that's how he got the, the article at Action Figure Insider. Anyway, go on. Uh, if this is true, I will have nothing more to do with Collectivision. The new Coleco is a sham company that has pissed a lot of ColecoVision enthusiasts off the past years. Collectivision must have a short memory. I don't know anything about it, but... Um... Oh, yeah, I, I mean, well, this, well yeah, lot, we do. A lot of the yeah. shenanigans happen even this is after the Coleco Chameleon stuff. A lot yes. of the shenanigans happen when you you were on the show, and I reported about them trying to strong arm uh, Facebook groups. Oh, like that. that's right. I remember that uh, you know Facebook groups that had um, they were called ColecoVision. Yeah, that in that they all any they were also uh, being uh, dickish to homebrewers that had the ColecoVision logo on their boxes, if I remember correctly which is fucking stupid. Well, they were trying to claim that you can't, they were trying to like twist it. Well, you got to, you know, pay us because you're doing a ColecoVision. Yeah. Home uh, no, uh, we don't have to. No, they weren't even using the logo. I think on some of them, it was just like, no, we're doing ClickoVision games. We don't need your permission. You don't own the copyright or a patent. You own the trademark. Trademark is for a word or a symbol. If we're not, if we're not, you know, if we're not using your ClickoVision rainbow thing. That last name is thing, familiar. Did that dude come after us at one point? In I'm time? sure he did. 
Okay. Yes, I'm sure he did. I think he says, like, well, I, I try to get you a deal at Barnes & Noble for your book. And I'm like, because you gave me a business card? Like, I got to, like, kiss your ass? <laughs> that was in Connecticut. Um, anyways, this, this second comment, uh, I think, it, uh, puts shines a little light on it. Collectivision is saying in the forums that there is not a partnership. Coleco Cardio is buying some units from the next batch due in October for them. Oh. So this could definitely be an article where uh, oh, no. someone is trying to make it a lot bigger sounding than it is. And really, it's I'm going to buy some units and put my sticker on them. Wait a second. Wait a yeah. second. ActionFigureInsider.com. <laughs> Did you not so, do your due diligence on this article, uh, Daniel Pickett? I mean, it's not like we are. I mean, I haven't looked further than the comments we're, section, we're, but, but, we're but in, knowing we're, knowing how this stuff goes, knowing uh-huh. how this stuff goes, this does seem likely to me that they would try to call the partnership when really it's like I'm going to buy some and put my name on them. Okay, <laughs> wait a second. Then. then, then whatever I said was true. Then yeah, collective is like we don't need a partner. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Why? Why what would the they hell? need a partner? Yeah, someone just wants to put the ColecoVision logo on something. Here's the quote I love. Hindsight is twenty twenty. That is why we have been incredibly careful when reaching out to partner companies. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> we made a mistake with that Coleco chameleon thing. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, this I'm allows not co- partnering with ColecoVision and using their Phoenix technology as a leap forward of many years. Okay. This allows Coleco to return to the world of consoles with a compatible console quickly. Yeah, because you're not making your own console. We see how that works out with other companies here and with yourself. Much faster than developing another compatible console would require, stated Chris Cardillo, Coleco partner. No, he's the, he's the guy running the holding company for the trade yeah. market. Much faster than developing. Yet no one's going <laughs> to. Oh, my God. I wasn't expecting this to like give me anything to work with, but I'm just amazed at how these people need to sound like make stuff like this sound important. I'm yeah. buying some pre-existing consoles and I'm going to put my name on if, them. This if is that, huge. If the comments true, we we didn't do our journalistic, uh, sure. you know, our own uh, get on our journalistic hats and 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 try to reach Collectivision for comment on that. But if you believe the comments uh, here in this article, wow, okay. We'll we'll see if this turns into something bigger. I almost I almost said to myself after they came out with I guess the the relatively successful um, Coleco tabletops. I did the the those I guess those came out. It's like wow, what what does Coleco Holdings have up their sleeves now out in in good old New Jersey? What are the what fancy are the, stickers on an existing product? If that's what it's going to be, I, I I guess um, I guess that's what we're looking at here. Okay, so Collector Vision uh, I guess was smart and not partnering with Coleco. <laughs> Um, I'd like to think that the folks at Collector Vision definitely learn. <laughs> yeah, well, no, they, they, yeah, they, they they know that uh, th- there's no there's no potential. Um, the value of putting on that that old uh, rainbow trademark. It doesn't. It's not gonna. It's not gonna. You know, you're not gonna sell ten thousand units because of people seeing that rainbow logo. Look at that convention we never talked about. That happened in good old my my backyard in Edison, New Jersey, a couple of years ago. That good old Coleco Expo that did very well for them at the time. Oh wow, yeah, that thing was with, weird. with tens tens of people in, in attendance in Edison, New Jersey. There. Uh, speaking of uh, old uh, trademarks and old licenses and old video game consoles that nary a person cares about. Is that a is that a term, nary? I'll redo that. I don't know. Nary, nary is a term. Okay. Well, so speaking of of old old outdated uh, 
video game properties. Uh, the Intellivision Amico. We, we just have a quick update. I wish I had my Robert Stack button for update. So, so Tommy responded to us talking about the um, quizzical job listings of them needing uh, f- uh, firmware people and people to help, to help make the system run and to boot it up and to make uh, you know, splash pages and, and set up the servers and things like that. It's all well. We we were just we were wrong. It's all for um, it's all for accessories that they'll be working on for 2021 <laughs> and 2022, <laughs> according to Tommy Tallarico. Questions uh, answered. Yeah, because because when I'm struggling to get a game console, <laughs> what I want to do, Ian, is worried about my my accessory. I'm going to be coming out the market in two years. That's what I want to do. When I'm way behind and I've already taken a million and a half dollars of people's money. And half a million from, again, the German government, which no one is talking about. And these interviews don't bring up at all, which I think is a, a pretty fair point to bring up when you have four of your, four of your uh, you know, packing games being developed uh, through uh, German grant money, through taxpayer dollars, and how that's going to work and how that's structured. Anyway, though, I digress. So, um, you know, this is what I'm going to say to Tommy. And Tommy claims uh, now that you know, because uh, you said, well, have we seen a working console? So, of course, he tried to pick the one little thing to get you, Ian. Don't say there's no physical media, Ian. Don't you say that. So you said, we haven't seen a working console. So Tommy's argument was, well, well, we put out two videos at the end of March, which is when they started and were doing their first, you know, pre-order campaign. Uh, I guess the Founders Edition, whatever it was, the Woodgrain was, one was. They put out their Sideswipers little car track uh, video, single screen uh, r- racing destruction derby game sort of thing and they did a video for the new missile command so in those videos the people are playing on the couch and you are like nine feet away from the tv there is something that looks like a white um amico console laid out on the table in front but there's no no way to know if that's actually playing the, the games there's no way you can see if it's connected to the tv and there's two laptops in that video um there's one on the right side, which I think is doing video capture. There's one on the left side. There's a blue board in the picture. There's all this stuff going on. Yeah, behind the, uh, behind the TV. The, there's like this the, the casing. Yeah, yeah, there's all this stuff going on here. So uh, Tommy's saying, well, that's evidence that we had a working console um, there. Even if you give him the benefit of the doubt, which I don't think Tommy has earned at all due to his um, straight up, you know, fabrications and lies in the past. He has not earned the benefit of the doubt, at least to me in, to, would you agree he is not at this no, point? No, I would, I would not give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, you know, going back to things like, oh, we're going to do uh, 2D games on our console better than the PS4 and modern consoles. Do remember that <laughs> shit from two years ago that no one talks about? Yes. Like these outlandish claims. Yeah, th- this um, board is going to do more. Yeah. This, this $15 Android board will do, will do uh, better games than, than $400 consoles. Anyway, so even if that console was somehow running those games, that's not my definition of a working console. A working console to me is something close to retail and consumer ready. And I want to splice that here because there's no, we, when we see those videos, we don't see the game boot up. We don't see the game being loaded. We don't see the console powered up. We don't see the LED lights around the console. We don't see the controllers being synced to the console. We don't see anything. So, I, sure. again, I don't know if we can give him the benefit of the doubt to that anyway. And if, and if Tommy wanted to shut us up in the past week, all he had to, had to do, Ian, was, hey, Pat, here's a console. I'm hooking up HDMI to the TV. Here's the power button. It's on. There's a splash screen. I'm going to click the menu, and I'm going to load up the game and play it. 
That's all you'd have to have done. Yeah. And that wouldn't even, even if you did that though, there's no guarantee that means it's ready to, for production, but at least you could have shut, you could have shut me and Ian up. So that's all I'm going to say about that. It, it, at, th- at this point, you know, it's getting, it's getting uh, ridiculous. Um, there is a nice theory at, at, uh, at my favorite website, amicogames.com, your source for Intellivision Amico uh, information. The, there, were, there was a comment uh, about surmising because um, you, uh, who's, your, who's your new favorite YouTuber, Ian, that wanted to, to be on the show with us? Uh, the the madman. <laughs> the madman. Mad movie man? What was his... I, I don't know, but he uh, he came out, <laughs> he left a comment yesterday saying that we if he he wanted to know if we were ready to talk to the madman. <laughs> no, I'm not. Okay, so so it's a, it's a it's I don't want to punch down on, on on some of these YouTubers, but to me it's funny. He, he's a, he's a YouTuber. He wears a Doctor Doom mask. He interviewed Tommy here. Um, there was this comment though that left had a good theory about what's going on with the, with the Amico. This is just a comment. I can't. I, we'll leave it up to you whether or not you agree with it. Uh, here's what I got. This is from a commenter named ST. And television knows that this won't sell as much as Tommy had originally hoped. To break even at this new price point, they only need to sell 100, 180,000 Amicos, which is their internal numbers, they reported, which is a number their research indicates is obtainable. They know the majority of families looking for this type of experience will buy a Switch for the extra cost instead. So they hiked the price up to 250 to 300 for pre-orders and the initial run from the planned 199 MSRP. After the pre-orders and the initial batch gets sold to the retro gamer market that Tommy is exploiting, they will lower the price back down to $199 and aim their marketing to parents of young kids, families at the mall, hospitals, retirement homes, elementary schools, etc. The reason Tommy doesn't show an actual console isn't because he's poor. It's because he's not fronting the bill for most of what is spent by television entertainment. The funds come from private investors, your pre-orders, grants from foreign governments, etc., that's the reason for the extensive market research. It's to appease investors who need to see data before moving forward on spending. Tommy is just the face, the snake oil salesman, the con man. The truth is they need every bit of that pre-order money because the majority of their early work went into showing something viable for investors to get on board, not building an actual system. Make no mistake, this thing is barely being pieced together. They are way behind schedule now and definitely do not have a completed game system anywhere close to ready for launch, which is what we said last week. Tommy is lying about that because it is his job to string along the retro gamers who will pay an inflated price. Long term, Tommy doesn't know what the Amica will be because it's not him who makes those decisions, it's his investors. That's not an unre- a totally unreasonable take. That after the money comes in, you know, he basically had to give up. Oh, yeah, because when you get the more investors you get, the less control of your of your company and product you have. I mean, that's just how it works. Just how it works. And and some of my come in and say, listen, I'm going to give you ten million dollars. I'm going to have say about what the hell's going on. Either take my money and my direction. It's like Shark Tank. Right. Some some of them said, well, I want control of your company or or else I'm not going to be involved. I'll give you the money, but I want control of the company. Sure. That, that, I mean, that happens sometimes uh, here. Anyway, so, yeah, this is what, last thing I'm going to say is this. Since I'm not giving this person the benefit of doubt, I think it's highly likely that back when these pre-orders went on sale in March, and then, they, and then now with the GameStop pre-orders, which are still listing, I believe, uh, still list, listing uh, October 10th. Yeah, they're still look, listing October 10th on GameStop's website, a main gaming website. Um, I think by, by March, you would have an idea if six months from now we can ship our product. 
Well, that's what I was saying back then. I mean, we're we're talking fairly tight timelines, but I have a feeling that, you know, it was fairly well known as we got into February, March here that it you would was know whether or not you're yes. on track, right? Yeah, it's a big operation. It's not like you can just fucking switch it on, you know, the next day and be like, okay, we're good. Saved by the bell. So I'm going to say this. To me, it would be highly unethical to take this much money from, from uh, backers um, and, and, and in deposit money, a, a million and a half dollars, knowing likely that this is not going to come out in October and probably won't be out this year. Are people going to tag me for saying that? Like that's you have to hold us to the same standard as any other product or any other past console that came and went. You, you don't, you don't, you don't hold uh, this product to a different standard because the quote unquote face of, of the product is doing interviews with all these YouTubers. Yeah. It's not, uh, it's not, it just seems very desperate. Well, we'll see. We'll see what their big announcement is in, in July. They're supposed to have a big announcement uh, here. All right. all right. Ian, uh, lots of, lots of, uh, Bad news, tumultuous couple of weeks for the fighting game community, community and the Smash Brothers community. Jesus Christ, it's been a it's been a been a bad couple of weeks just in in general in terms of online online communities um, and and with video games when it comes to uh, you know sexual assault. Um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I mentioned uh, the allegations that were brought up against uh, numerous people at Ubisoft. Uh, I think there was at least three. Um, And then there was uh, problems in the Pokemon community with it. Uh, And now, I mean, it's, it's like every other day uh, something is blowing up. So the big ones that happened, you know, this past week were um, the cancellation of Evo, uh, probably the biggest fighting game tournament out there uh, because Joey Kular, Mr. Wizard, former uh, CEO, former CEO, uh, was uh, faced with credible allegations of Jesus Christ fucking around with small boys. So that's great. Um, so then, it, so in the companies, uh, they, they don't like the fighting games uh, companies that we're, we're going to publish. So we're, we're not going to have our games there. We're, we're going to yeah, like that. immediately. Um, Which is good. They're like, this is ridiculous. Yes, it is good. Yeah, we can't. And, and it's like I said, it, you know, it, 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 it's, it's worth mentioning that this has been a, you know, a larger problem the past couple of months outside because uh, outside of just fighting games, because these companies are reacting swiftly and, and quickly. Um, now there, there's no ifs, ands or buts. So Evo was, uh, was saddled with problems earlier this year because of COVID uh, they had to move online. And then with these allegations, all these companies were like, uh-uh, nope, 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 nope pulled it out and um yeah evo's not happening this year i honestly don't know what's going to happen with the uh future of evo um i guess if if i had an opinion it would probably be best for it to rebrand and move forward as something else if it can well it's Um, a big company obviously i mean i I guess they could yeah i don't know i I, it's a gap i mean this is a gap year anyway with everything with going on with covid so maybe they just try to say okay next year we'll come back and we'll yeah we'll we'll be we'll obviously try to do better i mean it's a ceo of a company doing heinous things uh with children i I mean i yeah i mean it's oh god it's awful um and i don't really even want to get into the actual allegations because they're it's fucking yeah, gross. But, but yeah, but it's from, from all credible sources, it seems, this seems like likely this stuff happened, you know? Uh, um, 
And then Smash Brothers, the Smash Brothers community is just burnt to the ground. Yeah, burn it. Holy shit. I mean, so the amount of sexual allegations and non-sexual allegations brought against uh, various members of the Smash Brothers community is humongous. There is a Reddit page uh, dedicated to detailing uh, this currently, and it's a goddamn spreadsheet. And there are, I, I can't even begin to give you a rough estimate of how dozens. many people. It's, it's, it's like a hundred. It's dozens, yes. Um, and it's the alleged offender. Uh, then there is a column with links to the claims and then links to, excuse me, um, the statements uh, from the offenders uh, if they replied. Mm-hmm. And it just looks like it was a fucking shit show with no adults in the room and everyone just acting fucking well, well, some of the adults are the ones doing some of this heinous stuff. I mean, well, yes, I, I mean, I'm sorry. I, 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 in a yeah, but no, like pretend- got to be more careful no. with what I'm saying. I mean, I mean, the proverbial adult in the room. Yes. Yes. You have you have an environment. You have a game that a lot of uh, kids, preteens, teens are fans of young adults and no one stepping in and saying, well, maybe we should make sure bad shit doesn't happen. You know what I mean? It, it's it's like it, there. Not that you, you always want to think that stuff won't happen, but you have to expect the worst when you have, when you have a lot of people that come together, especially uh, younger people that uh, maybe they're, they're not used to social interaction or, or maybe, you know, some of these people use this environment just for, for predatory action. Some yeah. people join these communities. We heard about it, I think, in Minecraft years back that there's a lot, of, a lot of bad people that got in there just to prey on kids. You know, like you hear about this stuff. It, it's it's unfortunate, but there are sickos out there. There are. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of these hobbies are, are so popular because they appeal to such a wide range of um, people in terms of ages and demographics and things like that. But yeah, you have to be careful of predators infiltrating it. Those are danger. danger. Those are ripe grounds for fucking, um, you know, very bad things to happen. Yeah, if I, people I, aren't paying attention. Yeah, you you have a mixture of of, of you know twelve year olds talking to eighteen year olds, twenty year olds, people in their twenties, and then like I'm seeing videos. There was the one, the, the only one I'll reference directly is the because the one that I came to my attention was um, the Sin Pie one, um, the allegations, and you literally see her with with the boy, the underage boy, like like holding them and grab like it's on the video it's on the stream of them doing the competition you see it, it's right there and the first thing i think about is like there's no there's literally no like no adults in the room like there's they're all just the the, the, the people in the fighting tournament and the average age of everyone in that room was probably like 17 18 like that's probably the average age in that room so so i'm thinking okay now this stuff is happening where people are traveling they're they're staying in hotel rooms now i'm going to like chaperone mode where yeah there's there's no one watching these kids a lot of these events. Sure. So this is this is a uh, obviously you, you don't you don't ever blame the victim when it comes to these things. You have to, but you have to hold accountable uh, some of the organizers of these events. You have to. They have to be held accountable uh, for some of this. You have to watch what the hell's going on under under your under your roof. You know you you have to yeah. realize this stuff can happen. And and, yeah. I, and I hate to think that there had to have been people that knew some of this bad shit was happening. There's too many stories. There's too many. Yeah, to not catch wind of something. You know, I, I, I feel like <clears throat> even yeah. if, even if half of these aren't true, these allegations, there's still a ton on, on the right. Reddit list. And this won't even be probably be all of them. These are just the ones that they, um, 
that they, they they have the past what a couple of weeks. The other major one was I, I talked about with you on the phone was the the this uh, Sky Williams having a house full of 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 Smash players, and it sounded like a, a house of debauchery because there's allegations against like ten different people at least right. that were at at this guy's house. So what does he does he know what's going on? Is he paying attention? He's responsible in some part if this bad shit happens. It's I mean this is a I'm glad Nintendo is not I mean, involved I, officially with this shit. Yeah, I, I, in what you say, there, there's there's a lot to it. If you're going to provide an environment for people to come together, then it's you know there is responsibility on your half to make sure that that is a a safe environment. Yeah, and it wasn't. Um, Nintendo actually put out a statement, but it was just like we are aware of the stuff going on, and you know, but obviously they 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 have not connected to any of this directly. They they don't officially sponsor this shit, these 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 tournaments and things like that. And now, now you know why, because they don't have, Nintendo doesn't want to be involved with this shit they can't control or, you know, like it's too risky. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know like how, how something like a community like this could even move forward. I don't know. I don't know. There was tons of people doing videos, you know, big smash community people on, on YouTube. And I don't know what you say. I, I don't know what you say. This is, this is a systematic failure of everyone when it, when it comes down to it. I mean, it's, it's, it's disgusting. Yeah. That's the best thing you can say. I mean, when you when you literally go on Reddit and you see you you can't keep track of all the allegations, and then then it's like the responses from the people of the alleged offender and the claims. I mean, it's tons of fucking people. It's it's nauseating. Yeah. You don't, you don't even want to, I don't want to read the stories. No, I mean, and I did read some of them. Obviously, you know, you can't just run and hide from it. But after a certain point, you're reading this, and I it, it, this is this might sound wrong, but you you're reading so much of it and you're just like, okay, no, like, I mean, I, I believe this 100% this occurred. Um, but some of, the, some of the people have admitted it. Um, ESPN did an article on, on yeah. one of them, former smash uh, pro uh, zero, which I think we talked about last year, uh, admits to sending suggested messages to minors. ESPN's running the article under their right. esports section. And he's one of the biggest players. Yeah, I, yeah. A lot of it's not just allegations. A lot of it is if you go through. Um, it looks like you know they admit it after the fact. You know, that's the thing. Like you can't even just say it's just because a lot of people do. A lot of people like to be like, oh, it's just allegations. It's like no, they're admitting to it. Sure. Or at least admitting something happened, but legally, I don't want to admit everything. Right. And I get you know, then I open myself up to you know legal prosecution. Yeah, like here's one. Like I mean, I'm just I'm scrolling down, and it's just like no story, just a confession. Okay. Yeah. Burn it to the ground. <laughs> That's what, like it's 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 uh when you, with, with the Evo thing, it it's obviously the guy at the head, but this is like every like these are like big players and these are people that are in the community. The community is 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 the foundation's rotten. Yeah. Well, I I don't I don't know, and I don't know know why this would be more rotten than the other ones, maybe cuz it's Nintendo and it's more of a kitty game. I have no idea, it's, but this is the this is the big out of all the fighting game stuff. This is the biggest one with, is, that we've seen was a Smash Brothers community. It's just fucking disgusting. Well, and I mean, I I don't pay too much attention to it, but it seems like the Smash Brothers community, at least I know you know the few people I know that have played, you know, have, are constantly trying to fight against the um the image that the Smash Brothers community is toxic. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I hate to you uh, know be the person who just says 
it is, but that that was always my impression of it. And everyone I talked to was always like, no, yeah, it's it's as bad as it sounds. No, we did stories about how toxic they were against competitors against each other and how the you know their clicks and shaming people, you know, and jealousy. But this is way beyond professional jealousy. This is criminal behavior. This is ruining people's lives. Um, yeah. It's horrible. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to say if I if I'm glad like, I'm just glad Nintendo is not officially involved with any of this fucking shit. That you can't put it back on them at all. They're, they stay yeah. away from this. They put out their little saying, "Yeah, we condemn these actions of these people, which they shouldn't." And that's about it. You know, I just I feel bad for the victims, and I hope they get you know any help that they need. Um, you know, and that that goes for any you know, uh, you know, accusation of sexual harassment that's been. Um, you know, going around lately, but you know, with the Smash Brothers, and especially seeing how young some of these kids were, it's like uh, they're they're going to need to they're going to need some help, I think, to get past a lot of this. Sure. All right, moving on. Moving on. Moving on. All right, Ian. The Atari VCS has what we think is a release date set for their upcoming uh, consoles. Except, I mean, there's two, <laughs> which is the funny thing. Um, they can't really, like, get a uh, solid line, a straight line on this. So um, Walmart is saying that the shipping date for the Atari VCS is on November 27th, with uh, Atari themselves saying that the launch date is December 14th. Um, okay, so within a few weeks, of that's like three weeks yeah within okay general ballpark we'll say early december to mid-december well walmart can say to 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 atari they can say we want these first they feel like if you want you if you want us to carry this on our website or in our stores i don't know if they're going to be in the stores but we want the products for we want the first whatever one's off the line or else you don't have a deal with us they they have that muscle to do that obviously do the gamestop gets whatever gamestop gets i don't think gamestop has the muscle to at this point for any of this crap (laughs) you know but but um so this is the good news when it came when it comes to atari they have a console we've seen it produced we've seen it booted up and playing games we've seen it with their menu you can go on you uh you can go on um netflix with it you can go on the Anstream service with it as much as we gave them shit they are there's a there's something on the horizon that we see right now with the with the atari vcs i, I mean yeah i I don't know that we should even give them that much credit, though. I mean, that, that, that's the point we're at with these. Oh, boy, it, it actually exists. Oh, boy, it's we're still only... a fucking, It's yeah. still a bad idea. Sure. It's still... I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to give it any credit. I don't care that it really... Well, they've taken it's, people's it, money, and it, hopefully the people are going to get a product that they paid three, for. $3.99 is, is what the... What? And, and, and this, this actually did, uh, talks a little bit about the two models that they've put out. Um, so the Atari VCS 800, nice way to mix your fucking console and computer. You know, yeah. <laughs> Stupid sounding. It's available for three ninety nine, um, and then they're going to put out an Atari uh, VCS 400 that has half as much RAM, um, and that is going to be three hundred. I don't know how much what that one is going to be. There was there was a price point on one of these articles, but I think it was like two ninety nine or something. Uh, two fifty or three fifty. Two fifty. Okay. So for one hundred fifty dollars more, you get more RAM. Is that really one hundred fifty dollars for four more gigs of RAM? Jesus Christ! Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, you have anyways, all the you have all the specs at least. We know exactly what the hell's in this thing. Sure. Read it's, it off. 
Okay, I'm the best I can. Three pounds. It's got the plastic, metal, and wood material, Ian. Uh, mm-hmm. Operating system, Atari Custom Linux OS. Uh, the APU, AMD, Raven Ridge 2. The GPU is Ryzen, which I switched over to, remember, last year. I think we spoke about it. They were switching the – it's a more powerful yeah. CPU because um, now it's like a, just you're buying a computer. Um, storage, a 32-gig uh, MMC internal. That's the same thing you see on computers or a lap, like, little s- slot for storage. Uh, RAM, 8 gigabyte DDR4 RAM, upgradable. Great. You want to open up your console? What's computer? Blah, 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 blah. Wireless connection, Wi-Fi, 4 USB 3.1s, gigabit Ethernet connection, HDMI 2.0, uh, blah, blah, external inputs, but whatever. Yeah. Internet connection is, is re- uh, required not for classic gaming, but required to access all features. So the built-in games, you can just fire up and play them, whatever, the 100-plus built-in targets. But, yeah, if you want to get on Antstream or use it as, you're basically using this as a, like a smart TV de- device as well and going on Hulu and Netflix and Disney Plus with it. So 250 or $400, those are your two choices. I guess if you wanted to use this, Ian, as a, as a total computer, you'd, be, you'd want to go for the 8-gig version, but if this is upgradable, I would buy the 4-gig and just rip it out and, and just not waste $150 and just buy my own RAM and put it in, right? Yeah, $150 is very expensive for 4 gigabytes of RAM as far as I'm concerned. Yes. I'm not like a huge computer person, but that seems... That seems uh, like a lot seems wild yes yeah. put that just... money towards buying that ram and, and and getting more out of it so we saw that we saw pictures of the first units on a pallet they opened the box up they show the unit there i'm gonna take i'm gonna give atari the benefit of the doubt those were real produced consoles on that pallet i don't think they faked that those were real consoles on that pallet all evidence points to them actually having produced that i don't i'm not trying to be glib they, they had the factory things they showed us all that stuff they produced it cool they didn't produce all of them they produced some of them <laughs> they, produced, they produced the first whatever they 500 to get to all the people that needed them for their you know all the developers they have waiting for all their stuff ian's yawning he's he's done with the the topic um, already the, the atari vcs is just it, it's a bit much i can't pretend like they're they did i mean it's whatever they yeah okay it came out um and th- these fucking consoles. I'm sick of them. I'm sick of well, the didn't come out yet. It's not, I'm it's... sick of the Atari VCS. Uh, <laughs> I'm sick of people asking about the fucking Polymega. I don't know anything about the Polymega, but apparently Polymega quietly delayed uh, their base okay. unit okay. another couple of months. I, I oh. just... Whatever. Good news, Ian. GameStop doesn't have a release date on its site, which it still does for the Amico, by the way, which is not going to be... Because it's coming out on the 10th, buddy. Um. October 10th. It's almost here. But GameStop is offering you a $10 discount for pre-orders. So instead of $390, Ian, it's $380 right now at GameStop. Oh, that's great. There's your CU podcast deal of the day. Get that, get that Atari. Hey, but you know what? If people get this and it's a computer that works, uh, they're going to fool around with it. They'll have a cool little Atari thing. Hey, I won't judge you if you get your product and you like it. I won't judge you too harshly on this. Uh, if, if you actually get your fucking product at some point in time, you know, you have a console. We've seen it powered up and played from, from boot, unlike the Amico. So, you know, we've, right. we've seen it, Ian. They didn't fake it. They, they, they did some CG trickery. I don't care if they faked it or not. I mean, it <laughs> exists. It's just, it's still bullshit. I don't care. I, coming out does not mean I'm going to be like, our, hey, our bars, job, are, guys. our bars are so low now for these products. Hey, can it come out? <laughs> like, can, you, can you did get... what you said you were going to do. Great. Yes. Wonderful. Two years behind schedule or a year and a half behind schedule. 
All right. Um, Ian, you want to talk about the Sega Astro Mini Arcade? Yes, I do. Uh, because I actually think it's uh, very, very cool. Um, very cool. So, so Sega, uh, you know, we've, we've been talking about Sega uh, a bit lately. Uh, we were talking about um, how they hadn't done anything stupid in a while. And then they went and they released the... It's been a while. Um, that's awful. The they went and released the uh, Game Gear uh, Micro, which I think all of us really questioned. You know what what the point was. Uh, some people came back at us and said, "Okay, in Japan, you know, this is likely going to be a Japan only thing." And in Japan, they have an obsession with very tiny things. Right now, it's it, like there's a, a micro just, fetish in Japan we didn't know about. There's there's a trend going on right now. So you know maybe it will sell over there but still for the amount of money that they're saying it's going to cost it was a bad product uh it was just dumb four roms on four different colors uh one of them being an rpg focused uh unit uh on a 1.5 inch screen that costs you like 50 bucks yeah but um sega announced uh, yesterday uh that they are releasing a um Astro City Mini. So the Astro City is what is essentially Sega's what's you know generally referred to as a candy cab. Um, it's a it's a kind of a generic arcade cabinet that people swap boards in and out of. Um, they usually have like a you know a six button setup and a joystick, and uh, they're usually sit down, not always. Um, and the releasing one. And so this is actually to me kind of cool so some of the games that have been announced so far alien syndrome alien storm golden axe golden axe the revenge of death adder columns Two, dark edge Virtua fighter fantasy zone and altered beast um the what people are saying is that these are actually going to be the arcade uh ports or oh. the, the arc the arcade roms okay uh, um which is pretty cool um definitely you know something a little different than the usual sega genesis uh you know um the Sega Genesis like ROM collections or something that you would get on the Switch or the PlayStation 4. Uh, this is kind of neat because you don't often see big collections of like the arcade ROMs. Um, something that was announced about, uh, about this that is particularly interesting to me is that it was stated that it's going to be made from, you know, the same materials that the actual micro, uh, the actual micro city our Astro City Minis were uh, made from, and the joystick is actually going to be a micro-switched joystick. Yay, because uh, that was the problem with the Neo Geo. Yes, holy <laughs> shit. The Neo Geo Mini, from everything I heard, holy was shit. The, the joystick was was just an mushy. analog stick. Yeah, it was a mushy, it was literally an analog stick that they were treating as a digital stick. God. Um, this is going to be an actual micro-switched joystick, and that will make a huge difference when it comes to playing things like any of the fighting games and just giving it an overall better arcade feel. Um, anyone who's held like a Neo Geo pocket would know that like just, you know, moving your thumb around on that pad, as opposed to say, you know, a D pad or another joystick, it, it's going to make a difference. Um, it's going to have HDMI out. It's going to accept um, uh, controllers, controllers, and it's looking to be about, um 120 bucks 120 bucks About. there'll be 36 games uh honestly this is probably uh, this is very appealing to me um it's 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 cute looking um but actually functional uh unlike the, how big is the screen do we know how big the screen is, is it probably similar to the neo Jimmy, like a few inches? i would assume but it does not say okay 
Uh, yeah, it doesn't say. Um, the Astro, but the, the final paragraph here. The Astro City Mini looks like a shrunk down arcade cabinet, similar to the Neo Geo Mini. Unlike that system, though, Sega says the stick uses proper micro switches, so it should be a lot more satisfying to use. Uh, it doesn't say anything about the screen or whether it will have a built-in battery. Um, but yeah, I think it's. Oh, hey, uh, you, you can't. You, I mean, yeah, it has to. You have to be able to plug this in. Oh yeah, right, yeah. yeah. But um, this, yeah, to me, this is automatically more appealing than the Neo Geo uh, Mini. Not. And the thing is, the Neo Geo Mini had some great games on it, but one, you could get those games a million other ways um, because SNK has monetized their MVS uh, library, uh, you know, more so than just about any other company I can think of in terms of games. Like, you can get collections of those games everywhere. Um, they're available as you know uh, single purchases for like eight bucks to the Neo Geo Arcade Archives. There's uh, disc compilations. Mm-hmm. So um, this having you know Sega Arcade ROMs, if it actually does one, like I said before, that's not something you see very often, especially in an official release. And the package that's coming in is actually usable. So yeah, I, I think it's a pretty cool item that they've announced. The Neo Geo, what was that? A hundred bucks the first uh, when it first. I think it was about one hundred and twenty. I think it came out at one hundred and twenty. And now you can buy it for fifty dollars all day long on on Amazon. It actually yeah. went down. I think around Christmas or months ago. I, I remember seeing it for like thirty bucks being trying to be cleared out by some seller had a bunch of them or thirty. It was like, and I still didn't buy one. I still didn't want one because the joystick it looks terrible on that. And the buttons just don't look look crisp to me to use uh on no. there um i do like i do like how it has has the marquee header though on the neo geos i do like that obviously yeah, you get cute. obviously you get a candy cab you don't get that candy cabs don't have that that's part right. of it that's where the, what the speakers went up there right usually um uh-huh. 36 games if they're all the arcade game um if you think it's reasonable price and it's well made okay 120 bucks okay I, I, I wouldn't be interested in one, but if it's made well, I'd love to play and, and, and see how well, you know, the joystick is with the micro switch. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't see how, you, how Neo Geo, how they came out with it without, without micro switches. I think that's the dumbest thing they could have done. Not- yeah. Especially when like, that's the thing that people, you know, one remember. of the things people remember is like how good that Neo Geo pocket felt, you know, and even that used micro switches and then they just, they put out an arcade cabinet and they're like, yeah, screw it. We're not going to do it. I'm just, I'm just glad that Sega, is making sure they have the arcade games. Nothing I hate more because now you see them in Target for fifteen bucks, twenty bucks. You see them everywhere. You, you see the little mini, little mini arcades like that with like the NES games in them, though. Like there's a Rolling Thunder one for God's sake that I yes. won't touch because it has the NES version, not the arcade version, and like the Burger Time one. There's tons of them now. So, yes. Stop ad. Stop advertising arcade or uh, NES ports of games as arcade games. They're not. They're different. No. It, so it, it just it, it screws with my mind. What's what's that company putting those out that are at Target? Are they even twenty uh, bucks? They're like fifteen bucks. I think I think it's Funko, honestly, or a division of Funko. But I could be wrong. But they are packaged just like Funko Pops. Uh, the My Arcade series. That's what they are. Okay. They're, they're like twenty to thirty bucks, um, everywhere, and they only have one game in them, too. Yeah. 6.57 inch yeah they they they're 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 they are garbage they have a they have a deep head on them or you screw in a fucking joystick Sick. like right like why do i want the arcade an arcade looking thing with a deep head on it like that's come on man what what are we doing here with the products i guess they sell though cuz they put out a ton of those we're going off topic here but yeah there's there's a, there's your dig, there's your dig dug one there there's a dig dug one oh no it's a bubble bobble there's a bubble bobble one I mean, they look adorable in terms of that, like the, the art, but 
the actual game, forget it. Forget yes, it. they're they're cute, but it's it's all packaging. They're around 20, 20 to twenty five bucks. I don't know how many they have for the my arcade. Now, now I'm going to look real quick. Um, and and they're and none of them are like more than one game. That's a problem. Elevator action, Miss Arcade, um, excuse me, Miss Pac Man Arcade. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of them uh, here. But yeah, when I saw the Rolling Thunder one, my my heart just sunk. Now, yeah. hey, uh, Numbskull, if you if you're planning on doing a Rolling Thunder, I'll return you the Galaga one you so graciously gave me and and trade it in for for a Rolling Thunder. <laughs> if you ever do a Rolling Thunder one, holy shit, I would love that. All right, because uh, it is it is a uh, it is Namco. Anyway, all right. Anything else to add here to this? So you're, you're on board for this Sega uh, Astro Mini? You might get one. I don't know that I'll necessarily buy one, but I think that if you just compare it to you know the Neo Geo one, you know both of about the same price, same amount of games. This is being done way better. Yeah, I it, think this is a far more. I think this is a far more interesting product, and something that could actually be kind of exciting as opposed to what was a very expensive novelty that I don't think anyone was going to play. And, you said and if you wanted same. to play those Neo Geo games, I don't think anyone was actually hooking that thing up to their you know, TV, TV and playing yes. because you can get them a million other ways. So it literally just becomes this object that you look at. And to me, that's kind of pointless. This is something that looks interesting, but might actually have some use sure. to you. That makes sense. And you say that it's made with the real materials at the same... That That's what they're saying. Cost. They're saying they're making it with the same materials that they made the actual cabs out of. The, you know, the... Um, I don't know what micro switches they're going to be using, but that the, you know, the... Uh, the fact that it's a micro switch. <laughs> like, yeah, like, the fact that it's a micro switch at all is is a step in the right direction. And that mushy mushy oatmeal contacts in the joystick. Yeah. We don't, we don't need an Atari 5200 joystick on an arcade. We don't no. need that. Like that's no, no. Th- That doesn't work out. <laughs> That for Ian. All right, Ian. Wow, look look what's happening. We talk about game prices uh, being static forever, and, and we always talk about should they be charging more for for games. And look what's happening with the next generation. The indications are that the next gen PS5, new Xbox Series X that you love the name. Uh, at least the first thing we know about the NBA two K two one is going to have a recommended MSRP of seventy dollars, up from sixty. And that's the first one we know about, and I guarantee you we're going to have other games follow suit after this going forward. I think we will too, and um, maybe it's just my desire to try to see the good somewhere. I was initially kind of excited because this is (laughs) – I don't actually want to pay more, but this is something I've been saying for a long time is that if you're going to – microtransaction the shit out of a game because you can no longer sell that game for $60 and make the money back then charge more for it um you know and i've said this it's 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 like this in all sorts of different industries not all board games cost the same amount uh not all albums cost the same amount you have to think about the packaging how much is included how much time it's taken um you know very few things uh have you know, a one price fits all um, pricing scheme. But obviously immediately after seeing this happen, I go, Oh, the first game is NBA 2K21. You know, for a fact, they're not going to dial down the amount of, you know, microtransactions uh, in NBA 2K. I no. mean, the series is entirely, I mean, the, the series is probably known more now for its microtransactions than it is for actually having a decent quality gameplay engine in it, which it does. It's just obfuscated, you know, by all this bullshit. Um, so now it just seems, you know, 
I don't know. Cynical. We're going to charge you $10 more for a game, and we're going to make sure that we charge you a billion dollars in microtransactions if you want to progress anything. And it's kind of sad and annoying, but I, I mean, in Well, general, you didn't expect them to get rid of the DLC ever. No, no, I, oh. I didn't. I, I, I'm just saying, like, that's what I would expect eventually if prices creep upwards, is that you might see people pricing the game relevant to the amount of uh, content in it. What I'm saying is seeing that the prices are going up and then immediately seeing that it's NBA 2K21. No, I didn't expect that series to ever get rid of its DLC. And I don't expect DLC to go away. Um, But I do think DLC kind of came about as a refusal of the video game market to um, adjust its prices. Now they're adjusting the prices, but we're also used to DLC that it's not going to go anywhere. So, okay, I, have a, I always love these charts for these releases. I'm looking at the 2K21 chart. So, the current generation version, you're basically going to get two different versions of this game. The current generation version is going to be available for PS4, Xbox One, uh, PC, Stadia, and uh, what does NSW stand for? Nintendo Switch. Oh, oh, Switch is getting it. Okay, I didn't know. I never saw it being being done that way as as a as short as NSW. Okay, that, that threw me off. Like, what the hell is NSW? Men's Warehouse. I've never okay. seen that either. Okay, that instead of just Switch, it's like you might put Switch down there because you have Stadia there. Okay, so you're gonna get those. Uh, it's gonna be sixty dollars for the regular version, and the Mamba Forever Edition with whatever extra crap you get on there um, is is gonna be a hundred. Okay. The 2K21 next generation, that's coming holidays. That's later because when the console has to come out first. So you're going to get the September one is going to be the current generation, which I guess will be not as good stuff. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> not as good But stuff. built for next gen says unbeatable graphic fidelity. I would argue that the PC version should keep up with the consoles like because the you know, PC, you can always get the, the latest and greatest. Uh, two second load speeds. If you have a solid hard drive, you should get that on your computer as well. Um, new gameplay features, expanded game modes. So they're going to be different gameplay features and expanded game modes on the consoles that you're not going to get in the PC version, even if the PC version will look will look as, as good. That's going to be holiday 2020. That's going to be 70 bucks, or still only 100, only 100 for the Mamba Forever. So buy more and save because the Mamba Forever edition will be the same for the next gen as the current gen. So they are making in some gameplay mode different differences here as well, not just graphics. There. They are. They are going to try to justify the extra value of it. The value of ten extra dollars. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> good for them. <laughs> uh, the Mama Forever one. Obviously, they're going to pull on people's heartstrings, so everyone's going to buy the Mama. I keep Forever thinking you're saying Mama Forever, Mamba, Mamba, Forever. yeah, Mamba. Yes. I mean, who's Mamba. not going to? Who's not, what Laker fans not going to buy that version of the game? I mean, it's they're, true. They're going to they're going to take away your, your Laker status if you don't buy that version. Uh, there. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're going to be in a weird spot, especially for the next, I'd say, year. If It's going to be hard to ramp up production on the new Xboxes and the new PS5s. How many of the new games are going to have these split editions where they're going to, have, they're going to try to split out gameplay modes for the, the new version? I mean, we've seen it on other, obviously, past console iterations, but if they're going to justify the $10 price hike, they're going to have to obviously have more than just, well, we got better graphics. We'll put an extra mode. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what the next first-person shooters next year, you know, what differences they have between the two versions. Because I don't... I, sure. don't, I, don't I, I think, you know, a great one would be to see what Call of Duty does different between generations. Because when Call of Duty leaves behind the previous generation, that's kind of when everything moves on. Especially since we don't know what the hell these consoles are going to cost. 
Um, yeah, no, we still have no clue. So I, I don't I picture adoption being fast and furious. If I just bought my um, Xbox, you know, a one pro or, or PS, I get confused. PS4 Pro, Xbox, PS4 Pro, Xbox One X. If I just bought those within the past year, I'm not, not showing at, Xbox Series X. I'm not showing out 500 bucks to get a get a graphical upgrade. Most people don't have the money to do that. We're gonna hold on. I'm gonna hold on to my PS4 another two three years, you know, until you really make it hard to, to you know, stay with this. If all the exclusives are now only on the PS5, then yeah, I'm gonna have to come on over. Well, you I know, know you play a lot of games this generation. It's the general. It's the general. Played me, a lot Ian. of PlayStation it's, Four games. It's the it's the royal me, Ian. <laughs> okay. Yoshi just came and picked up his PS4 with Spider Man. Oh, actually, no, I I lost the Spider Man, and then I found out I got to mail it to him. <laughs> you are. A piece of work. How am I a piece of work? Piece of work. Never played that Spider-Man. No, I didn't. I, I, honestly, it doesn't. It, I don't. I, you know how many Spider-Man games I played out of all of them? Um, I, I, I think I played them the most probably the Super Nintendo era and like arcade era. Well, that's when I played it was a Sega a Spider-Man arcade game with you, which you never played before. So I was shocked at and you, you said, oh, this game's awesome. Like, yeah, it is. Never <laughs> came out anywhere, but it's awesome. I play... Uh... I've played like no X-Men games and I'm a big X-Men fan. So, Well, you can't, it's harder to screw up an X-Men game because Spider-Man is the web. If you can't get the web uh, slinging right and you know, you, you, you can't have a Spider-Man game and most of them fuck it up. And then I remember, I remember playing the first PS1 one back in the day. I was like, okay, this is not that good. But then they did that sequel. That was really good. Right. Spider-Man two. Like, wow, they finally, no, that, 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 that was PlayStation two. That was PS2. Yeah. Well, they finally got it right, though. They finally got, wow, this seems pretty nice, you know, swinging around the city, and it's kind of open. I'm like, okay, that's cool. But then it seems like they hadn't, didn't get it right again until what? Until this last version came out. Patrick, tell me about Quibi. Okay, we're already off of that? Yep. Nice, uh, nice. No, that's, that's an awful ending to the topic. So, <laughs> like, what the hell are you doing to me, Ian? You're killing me. So, all right, so game price up to 70 bucks. Um, it's not a shock. With inflation, you're still getting a deal versus you know games 20 years ago. And looking back, I spent 80 bucks plus tax for Street Fighter 2 at Capcom World in '92. So games have, are still way less what they used to cost. And other, oh, super, yeah, they were. And other Super Nintendo Genesis games cost more, cost 60 bucks or more back then. R- the RPGs, Nobunaga's Ambition on the NES, cost more because it cost actually cost more than make. You know, there were games back then that cost more than even 40, 50 bucks back then. So yeah, I, I've talked about it on here before that I uh, that um, we got a copy of Mario Kart sixty four and once at the store that still had like I think the Walmart price tag on it. It was seventy four ninety nine. Was it really? People, yeah, people love to make those you know claims that video games weren't you know always this expensive, but they were, if well, not more so. Nintendo's expensive cards. You had to keep you had to keep with the cartridges. Nintendo, you had to make it hard. For emulation, for me to do a certain N64 guidebook, you couldn't just go to, couldn't just, uh, you know, go to a disc. Anyway. All right. Uh, Ian, who is watching Quibi right now? Know, not, not me. Did you, not are, are, did you, did you get the, the trial for Quibi? No, I didn't. If you did back in early April, you better unsubscribe because now you're gonna, they're actually going to start charging people because now it's three months into its lifespan. Oh, really? So the earliest, well, be bad. The earliest they could have started making money was like literally like yesterday or today. I think, I think, I think it was like April 6th. So they did, oh, so they no. made, so they made zero dollars unless you signed up. I think for the commercial free, I guess you could have signed up early, but for the most part, they haven't made any money until starting to now. 
So the, the hits just keep on coming for Quibi and every article that comes out is not good for how they're, how they're being operated and how they look. We talked about the New York Times article about a month ago, right? Um, and how yeah. that was a bad interview with Jeffrey Katzenberg, who's uh, running the company, uh, along with uh, uh, Meg, uh, Meg Whitman from HP, uh, former of HP. So um, this article is from uh, Vulture. It's the New Yorker. Uh, is anyone watching Quibi? The streaming platform raised $1.75 billion and secured a roster of A-list talent, but it can't get audiences to notice. So this article goes into more of the ins and outs about, about like how this came to be. What did it start out as? Um, and then where are they right now? So obviously they got buy-ins from all the major um, Hollywood studios. They got buy-ins from Disney, Sony. And at the time, Ian, I always said, well, what's, what's the... Um, what, what is the goal of all these companies getting in bed with them? And it turns out from this article, and it's something I kind of thought about, well, if they're the ones getting paid to make the content, that they almost get a freebie, a free roll. And that's basically what's happened. They got the buy-in of these big companies and all this investment because there was pretty much a guarantee that, well, if I give you whatever, $100 million, you're going to pay me eventually $100 million in order to produce content to go back onto the, the Quibi service. Right. So it's a, lo- it's a low risk to these companies that invested for, for some of these, uh, the entertainment companies. So you're basically, you're basically getting a free, you know, you're basically going to break even and get investment in this company. Then who cares if it folds a couple of years from now, because we broke even you're, you're playing with house money at that point. Right. So that's, yeah. that's why all these companies, cause I always wonder like, why the hell would Disney invest in this company? They have Disney plus they got their own, like, like why would they care? Well, because it's a free investment at the end of the day. You know. Great. You're going to get it back. Well, in theory, you're going to get most theory, of that. Yes, it's worth it's worth the, the small risk to you uh, there. So, it, but it talked about just the type of content on here and how a lot of it was laughable. Like they talked about how um, there was that series that oh, where was it one about we heard about was uh, the Anna Kendrick uh, comedy anchor comedy in which her character befriends her boyfriend's sex doll. Just bizarre sort of content that. There's no way Netflix or Hulu would be like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Or Amazon would be like, yeah, that's a good idea. So it talks about how a lot of these, not all, but a lot of these ideas for shows was stuff that was already rejected from other being pitched elsewhere. So it's like the B or C grade entertainment that now comes to Quibi, for example. It's the stuff, even if you have a star vehicle, uh, you know, you have like, a, like Kevin Hart has a series coming out. This is stuff that potentially wouldn't make it to other platforms. It's not good enough, a lot right. of stuff. So you have this weird reputation going in that all of a sudden you're like, oh, now, um, now why would I pay for this content when I know it's not premium because it, it couldn't make it elsewhere on, on, on paid platforms? Yeah, it all looks like B-list stuff. The Golden Arm Sam Raimi horror thing, which became a meme because that was the only show people knew was on Quibi. And it was funny because th- since there's no screen capturing built into the app, people had to record it with another cell phone. So that became a meme. It's like, well, why? Are why you is serious? It- <laughs> yes. <laughs> so wow. the, the only promotion that went viral for Quibi was this weird Sam Raimi like I guess it was like a sci-fi sort of story about a woman got was was uh got in love with her prosthetic golden arm, but the gold slowly poisoned her, killed her, and she wouldn't give up her golden arm. So that was a meme because that sounds like a terrible idea for a story, but it also became like a meme because people realize 
the only way we can see anything of this show is if someone took another, a second cell phone and screen captured it with another cell phone. <laughs> so you're showing the weakness of your product um, through it, it, like just out of the gate, bad news. And then it talked to, it talked to, uh, um, it talked about just how we surmise about, well, we have these two old people in their sixties running this venture that are out of touch with the current market uh, here. Yes. Um, and then they asked um, Meg Whitman, like what you watch. And, and she doesn't like, she's not like on social media. She's not watching. She said like the show, the grant uh, history channel uh, show, the documentary is supposed to be good. Like that's her favorite show on TV right now. And she's, she's the CEO of this social media entertainment company. And it's just like, wow okay me and ian we're not uh, rocket scientists but we we point out you have these old people out of touch running this company and this is the results of it yeah the day it launched the quibi app rose to number three in apple's app store by mid-june it was number 284 now i would love to have an app that's 284 in an app store ian but but i didn't uh, you know spend a a 1.8 billion dollars you know to get to to get to 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 that point Right. Or well over a billion, we'll just say they're still going to spend money on uh, entertainment this year there and have it in development for, for two years. It talks about how Katzenberg and, and, and Meg Whitman are at each other's necks. They work on different floors of the company. It talks about how even uh, the people, it talks about the micromanagement that like they, they hire these young people that might be smart, might have a vision for a good product. But since things are so micromanaged, you just become a doer. Just go do what we tell you to do. Just go do it. That's, that's right. a great way to run a company in this day and age. So just go do what you do. We hired you for your smarts, but you're not going to allow you to be smart. We're just going to tell you to do what you do, and, and you do it. I mean, it's not shocking that this is the way this stuff turns out. Um, people that were smart in other jobs, Katzenberg, obviously, uh, Meg Whitman, she was at eBay before she went to Hewlett Packard. Like, at, at some point, the magic that got you to your, to your previous point doesn't always follow through with your current venture. Times yeah. change, entertainment changes, right? Um, something that I thought was interesting is because this is kind of how I figured it. It's just when, when you see something like this, you 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 almost wonder like how 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 up their own ass are there are are they? And um, this article writer, reveals a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. Writer Scott uh, Gardner uh, said, "I can honestly say I've never been in such a cocky pitch environment. I would describe the atmosphere as Wolf of Wall Street, not in terms of actual debauchery, but it's an incredibly nice office that just goes and goes. They had two lobbies. You went in and checked out at a nice big lobby, then you were moved to another lobby. There's massive jars of expensive, nice seeming. I like that nice seeming candy everywhere. Oh, I thought you said nice seeming at first. Okay, no, nice seeming candy everywhere. It's sleek and modern. You see hundreds of people passing by, and there's this energy of people." who really believe they've got the next big thing, but why? You don't That's have my you, question. You don't. It's done. Yes. It's done. finished. Because now the number is going to start coming out. And within a month, they're going to have even more articles about, wow, how many people actually stayed out and paid for the service? Yeah, it's just money. a slow it's just a slow demise. This is this is finished. They're going to drag it out, but it's it's there's no coming back from this. You cannot turn this around. Um because a lot of this content I thought about, well, what if you can relicense this content? If I was Netflix, I said, no, I don't want this content on my, on my maybe Reno 911, but that's about it. I don't want the golden arm girl. I don't want Chrissy Teigen's uh, fucking uh, uh, court cases on, on Net- Like, we don't need that shit. No one's watching it right now. Like, we don't need that. You know? 
Uh, did you see the Gal Gadot thing? No. Oh, that's a good one. You're going to love this. This is great. <clears throat> so it talks about how Katzenberg is so micromanaging with stuff. He's on his phone all the time. Um, but he still has his emails printed out by an assistant. It, it just shows you the different generation gap. Like, yeah, he's on his phone. He's talking to people. But it's like I'm not working on a computer all the time looking at emails. So it's just an interesting – it gives you a look into the mindset. So – um, when, when uh, enthusing about what a show could mean for Quibi, Katzenberg would repeatedly invoke the same handful of musty touchstones. America's Funniest Home Videos, Siskel and Ebert, and Jane Fonda's Exercise Tape. This guy is living literally in the mid-80s. Yes. Like, like, this is how far back he's thinking about his form of what entertainment is. He's, at, he's out of touch. He's out of touch. He's out of touch. When Gal Gadot came to the offices, who who's, was Wonder Woman, uh, and delivered an impassioned speech about wanting to elevate the voices of girls and women. Katzenberg wondered aloud whether she might become the new Jane Fonda and do a workout series for Quibi. Oh, boy. Apparently, her face fell, says a person briefed on the meeting. This guy is, <sighs> is, is a, two generations, three generations behind about what people want and and sensibilities it sounds like like that's just an awful story probably didn't mean it maliciously he's just so out of touch he didn't know how it came off to gal gadot like he's like thinking oh you're gonna be in power you're gonna be doing workout videos and 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 skimpy clothes you know like like what that's not what i was that's not that's not what i was trying to 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 impart to you mr katzenberg (laughs) like what the hell wow uh, it gets worse. Well, at, at a casting session this year, while watching a tape test for a daily essentials host who was a black man with an afro, Katzenberg said the man didn't look authoritative. And then they, no. some, they, they, had to, they had to sit him down and talk to him private and say, like, you know how offensive that sounds, saying that just because he has, you know, uh, a traditional hairstyle. Like, and then it sounded like he got it eventually. But, like, you don't want someone in charge of a media company in 2020 that has to be explained this stuff. Like, like, you're you're way behind you're way behind the eight ball if that's the person running your company, you know like that, if that's the person in charge of your content. Yeah, you're fucked. You're you're done. You can't catch up. You you got to try to step aside. Maybe other people come in, but he's not the type of person that's probably going to do that if he's this much of a micromanager. Um. So, yeah. Uh, Katzenberg and Whitman pointed out that they stocked the Quibi offices with young employees who are in the demographic they're trying to reach. But there was an incredible lack of knowledge of the audience and dismissiveness of the audience. Another ex-Quibite says, a thing Jeffrey always says is, I'm not a child or mother, but I made movies children and mothers loved. I know millennials better than millennials. Katzenberg at times been well-served in his intuition, and he remained convinced of its acuity. I say, where's your data? Whitman says of their contrasting styles. He says, there is none. You just have to go with your gut. So Whitman's trying to be more reasonable, it seems like, in the approach about we need data-driven results and what we're developing. And Casper's just like, no, I helped develop Lion King, you know, almost 30 years ago. So since I did that, I know how to do this now. No, that's not, no, that's not how this works. That's not I'm how it works. I'm sick of these fucking old white dudes thinking that one, you know, brief flash of, well, not, I mean, not brief. Oh, he didn't have a brief. Real. Yeah. It was, it, was, it was long, but what, you know, not, not brief, but past uh success means 
current success. It doesn't. The world changes. Everything changes. Just because you were successful in the past doesn't mean that you can't fail now. Every project is a new project. And you often overstate your importance. Just because yes. you were in charge of these products, like, well, yeah, those Disney animated movies of the early 90s, like Little Mermaid and things, it's like, well, if you had a team of awesome animators and writers, just because you were the head of that operation, you got to give credit to those people. It doesn't mean you could, you could recreate that magic in a totally different time and space. Right. You can't do that. Like, he did have a great idea with DreamWorks and, like, 3D animation and Shrek and things. Like, yes, that was great. That was also 25 years ago. Just about. Wow, Shrek's almost 25 years old? Holy shit. It's like late 90s, like 22 years. I don't even know. But eventually the magic runs out when it comes to, when it comes to this stuff. It just does. It, it, it just, you don't, you don't have it in you anymore. Or, or the, the world has passed you by, Ian. The world's going to pass me by if it hasn't already when it comes to doing a podcast or doing, or doing online media. Like it just, things change, you know? Yes, sir. So anyway, that, that's about what I say about Quibi. There's, this is a long, well, check it out a long article at vulture.com. I mean, it goes into even people talking about how like how Katzenberg, whenever he had a company bought out, like, like um, I think it was DreamWorks where like they, they overpaid to make sure he wouldn't stay with the company. <laughs> oh, here it is. When Comcast Universal uh, bought DreamWorks, it was on the condition he left the company. Let's reiterate, a former friend says, Comcast chose to overpay for DreamWorks animation to not have him there. Wow. All right. So there you go. Um, and again, well, it sounds familiar. It sounds like a certain console where that you blame COVID for delays and not success, and you try to get by on past successes of, of yourself and employees for a new product. Wow. Sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, there's also similarities because it sounds like the, to people, Jeffrey Katzenberg is the type of person that he's the type of person that thinks he can will things into existence and will things to be successful just upon your personal spirit and and, and working drive. And yes, you need, a, you need a, a hard work ethic in order to be successful when it comes to things like this. Absolutely, you do. You can't get by being slovenly and things like that. But it doesn't mean if you have a bad product, it's going to be successful because you're working day and night to make it happen. Right. I was, that's yeah. funny. This, this whole will, willing things into existence and self-help book motif bullshit about, well, you know, I'm visualizing in my mind, it's going to happen. That's, that's not how the real world works. It can work out if you have a good product, but if you don't have something people want, it's not going to work. And that goes for Quibi or the Quibi console that's in development as well. All right, Ian, we have a Patreon poll. Patreon.com. Patreon.com slash CU podcast. You get the full video podcast. You get a writing that I do once a week. I just did one yesterday about Unsolved Mysteries. I uh, do a hangout once a month, bop, 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 bop. and you get to vote. You get to vote on one of these. You get to vote on a poll topic once a week. In third place, you, oh, you hate summer uh, patrons. Uh, what was your favorite thing about the start of summer? Were you a beach kid? 15%. I'm going to do it as a topic this summer uh, myself. I'm going to go off. What were your favorite book, book series growing up recently? 19%. Wow. That, these are dying deaths. And the number one place, Ian, you might have to carry a lot of this. What are games? You say that like every week. I know. Then I, I pull through. I pull it out of my butt. What are games that you should give another chance? Um, so there are two that I've been thinking about perhaps giving another chance to at some point. Uh, one is Halo, ob- uh, oddly enough. Um, huh, that's actually an interesting choice. Yeah, it's, and it, it's one that I always think about every once in a while, perhaps trying again. Because at the base of it, I don't hate first-person shooters. 
I, I, I mean, there are some that I like, you know, people who listen to the podcast um, know that, you know, Doom and granted we're going way far back with that, um, you know, is one of my favorite games. Um, and I've liked other first person shooters. I liked other games that are first person in the past. I really liked the first Metroid uh, Prime. Um, I actually enjoyed Call of Duty for Modern Warfare, the first Modern Warfare I thought was pretty good. Um, and I did play Halo 3 a little bit when I had a 360 and I enjoyed myself with, uh, I enjoyed my time with it. I was not very good at it though. And the people I was playing with, that was around the time that I think it was Modern Warfare came out. We moved on pretty quick and I never went back to it. And there's nothing necessarily about the story that particularly intrigues me, but I'm not into like the realistic modern day, like military stuff. Um, and I'm not particularly interested in past wars. I, I, I like, you know, the more science fiction or fantasy setting. And that's what appeals to me about Halo was that it was a first person shooter of um, some acclaim that people seemed to really enjoy that wasn't a Call of Duty or a Medal of Honor or something like that. And I know the series has kind of gotten, uh, it, it's, it's, its star has lost its luster as time has gone on. Um, but every time it gets brought up, like the new, like the Master Chief Collection, I'm like, I should go back and I should just play those in single player and just see if I enjoy them and not, and not worry about the online modes or anything like that. But, you know, we're also kind of at that point where single player campaigns in, in the like first person shooters aren't something that I don't, I, I think a lot of people think of, you know, that used to be the meat and potatoes, not so much anymore. Um, I kind of want to go back and look at those first three games and play them and, and, and probably reach as well. And, you know, kind of go through the story modes because I think it's kind of a lost art. And I think I probably would enjoy it a little bit. Masters. Oh, it's on sale in $32, a master cheap collection on, 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 uh, on steam. You get, yeah. you get, you get the man, you get a halo reach. Oh no, this is a whole collection. You get the, you get the cl- yeah. collection, halo reach, halo comet evolved anniversary, halo two anniversary, halo three, halo three, ODST, halo four. Wow. Yeah. So I, I mean, I might, it's just, it, 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 every once a year, I think maybe I should give them a, a better shot than I did. Um, yeah. The other one is maybe uh, Final Fantasy 14. Um, it seemed that that's the online, that's the, the second online one. I've never done a lot of time with an MMO, but I know a lot of people who play that one. So I would probably have people to find, um, but MMOs to me just seem honestly very intimidating and you know we've as we've talked about on the podcast before um you know uh, there's a lot of they, they take a lot of time and there's a lot of scheduling and things like that you've got to do to meet up with people and i know final fantasy 14 is an easier online rpg to solo than other ones but still it just seems like a pretty big um commitment that said i'm, I'm still interested in it so I think those are the two that it, I would I, I I probably need to check out. I think I should play the first Halo, um, just for historical purposes in terms of I guess importance to my, obviously Microsoft and the first Xbox. Well, and it came out around a time when you were still playing stuff like that too. So I don't think it would be that far out of no no uh, I, the I, category I, that you would you you would like. I mean, you were playing first person shooters in that you know in two thousand. Yes, that was in middle. That was that was my junior year in college that came out. Um, right. 
sophomore junior year in college. So of course I was playing fucking rogue spear multiplayer and I was, yeah. and I was playing, um, was I playing unreal? Yeah, I was playing unreal tournament 99 then. And, and I think the original unreal, I wasn't anymore, but tournament 99, the first Unreal tournament, but I was, and I did play a little bit of halo because, because people were playing it. Um, people were playing multiplayer in the fraternity uh, within rooms with each other. They set up rooms and they did it. It was like, you know, whatever, four players, four different Xboxes. I just didn't like it because it, it, the scope uh, just seemed more limited than, than the other first-person shooters at the time, and I wasn't impressed with it. The same thing with how, why I wasn't impressed with GoldenEye because I was used to better games. For a console, GoldenEye is amazing, but in the grand scheme of first-person shooters, it, it's not as special when you, when you line up against all the other first-person shooters at the time. And I think that's another reason why I wanted to play Halo was because, you know, from what I remember hearing, Halo was supposed to be the first-person shooter on a console that actually felt like a first-person shooter on a computer. Sure. You know, I feel like, you know, GoldenEye, yeah, I, I agree. That's also why I didn't like GoldenEye. That's why I didn't really mess with any first-person shooters on the PlayStation or the PlayStation 2. But Halo is supposed to be, you know, this big step that presented you, and it makes sense because it was on a Microsoft console, but it it, it gave you a... And this was also still at a time where PCs and, you know, computers were seen as, or, or PCs and consoles were seen as, seen as a big gap. It gave you that experience. Sure. So, um, so I think I should play that first Halo. Even It's so funny. The original Xbox is probably the only console, it's the only console I don't own where I don't have an excuse because I've, I've seen it at the swap meet over the t- past 10 years dozens of times and could have bought an xbox for 20 or 30 dollars so many times and just never did it and i still don't know why to this day i never did that i just never bought one and then either had it modded or just had it like i should have an original xbox like i just don't it's it's one of the few consoles i've never owned even temporarily like i even owned an n64 temporarily back in like 2000 because i wanted to play um no mercy when it came out so i went and i bought a used n64 and kept it around for fucking two months played the shit out of no mercy and then got rid of it um i owned a super nintendo at one point in time i know people think that's crazy um but i did you know but i got rid of it and xbox i've never i've never owned one not even for you know a week and now the original xbox is like where the nes was like 20 years ago like now it's like retro to a lot of these these kids now or now they're like in their 20s or 30 they grew up with the xbox it's so weird to think about but that's what it is you know, like well, I, I, I've talked to you about it. I mean, the PS2 and the Xbox, um, you know, GameCube is very popular and 64 stuff is always popular. But, you know, right now, the 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 sections that I see people browsing the most are the GameCube, the PS2 and the Xbox, because it's exactly like you said, you know, these people are finally getting money and jobs and now it's their yeah. turn to go buy, you know, go rebuy their youth. A hundred bucks for an OG Xbox with one controller and hookups, a hundred bucks. Um, I mean, they, before COVID, those were like fifty to sixty dollars. Okay, COVID yeah, has, okay. COVID has spiked the shit out of. Everything. Okay, so all right, so fifty was more reasonable, fifty to sixty. But probably the game price has gone up. I think I've seen some sports game prices go up for even like last generation or two generations back. So it's a weird time right now. Um, N sixty four sports games even I think went up in in value. Some of them from what I saw. There's some weird stuff happening right now that. Well, that'd be that'll be a, a podcast topic next week. Um, so yeah, I think I got to play Halo. I'm gonna give. I, I mean, I gave it second chances on the NES Marathon every year about Mega Man, playing through Mega Man's. I I should 
uh, Mega Man X, though. I haven't played a lot of Mega Man X. That I should... Oh, the first one is fantastic. The first one's so good. Is it better than the other two? Uh, th- those I should... or Well, two of the Super Nintendo. I, those I should give another chance. Donkey Kong Country, I gave a second chance. For a lot of times, I, going back, I never liked the feel of Donkey Kong Country as, as, a, as a kid originally my friends had it and i just never liked it as a platform i know i sound crazy because people it's a classic but i just never liked it as a platformer i just didn't like how it felt and i've, I've played through a lot of it uh on a, i think I, I streamed a lot of it back in like january and i gave it a second chance i should give it a third chance i should play through the entirety of Donkey Kong country i uh i can actually say that, that that's one that i had always intended to give a second chance to and actually did sometime within the past year um so i always said that i hated donkey kong country i didn't like it when it came out it just didn't feel um, right to me i don't know yeah i just i remember not liking it and maybe it was the age maybe it was i don't, I, I don't know i did not care for it and i've always said that and uh i know like various people have always taken uh taken issue with that bonnie always took issue with it she loves the uh you know the donkey kong country games and uh gerard um the completionist has always you know we've joked about it because he loves the second one it's like his favorite game of all time and um i just couldn't get into him but uh when vani got a super nintendo mini for her birthday like a year ago or two years ago we finally pulled it out recently and she was like do you want to play donkey kong country and i said sure let's go for it i generally don't like it but you know i'll play whatever you want to play is cool you know i'll have fun doing that and i enjoyed it i very much enjoyed um donkey kong country uh when i revisited it i was like yeah, this is a lot better than i gave it credit for oh yeah absolutely we're, we're, we're being crazy but then again like I'm, I'm the person that didn't like you know the super nintendo nba jam back in the day because it wasn't the arcade like that's how particular i was about some of this stuff no i get it you know i didn't we were, like, all, we, we were hey, weird kids i didn't like the ninja turtles uh, arcade on the nes because it would pale in comparison to the arcade you know things like i that. still don't like the ninja no, turtles arcade on the nes i think it's a bad I, I mean it's it's, it's a, admirable but it, it, it admiral doesn't mean it plays well no it, pl- it plays it plays like chunks to me it's it's uh, very chunky and very boring uh, chrono trigger i should give a second chance my story with chrono trigger is that uh, when Super Nintendo emulation got got big when I was in college, they figured out SNES 9X and ZSNES, ZSNES in the late 90s were getting there. That's when that blew up and people were playing a lot of RPGs, at least that I knew like on my freshman, my freshman floor. Um, one kid almost dropped out of school because he became obsessed with Super Nintendo RPGs. It just played him all day. He wouldn't go to class. <laughs> I think you've mentioned him out in here. Yeah, before. it was across the hall. His name was Alan. Um, nice kid. I think, yeah, I think he got in trouble, though. He literally would just stop doing work. Like, he, he got obsessed with the RPGs. But I, when I played Chrono Trigger for, like, uh, I want to say I played it for, like, a week. I got probably, I, I want to say I got probably 80% into the game or two-thirds. I played it for hours and hours. But then I, did, I made the mistake of going online and figure, looking like, oh, my God, there's, like, 30 different endings to this game, all based upon these different scenarios. And it pulled me out of the game. It, like, it was, like, it was like like almost breaking the fourth wall. I was like, but now I'm not going to get the best ending potentially, and I'm going to get a shitty ending. And like, it ruined the game for me at the time. And I can't explain it. I just didn't want to play it. So I got to try to unremember all that crap and just play through the game again. Yeah. yeah. I, I, that's one that I need to do as well. Uh, one game, and it's funny because uh, there was like a Twitter prompt or something that brought it up in my mind, but there is one game that I will not ever be giving another chance to, and that is Final Fantasy VI. Um, final fantasy 3 in the u.s uh i 
not because it's a bad game. Uh, I've enjoyed most of my time with it. Uh, but the first time I played it, and it, when you brought up Chrono Trigger, it reminded me. First time I played Final Fantasy VI was on an emulator. High school, probably my senior year. Emulator. Because um, I didn't own a Super... I, I hadn't owned a Super Nintendo yet at that point. So I was playing, I think, on SNES 9X. And I got about three quarters of the way through the game and my save state corrupted. Oh. So I was pissed. I took a break. Didn't have any backup save states because I was dumb. You used the one number? You didn't use the multiple well, numbers? Well, I did have like a backup ah. save state, but it was, it was I, I would have to go back like five hours and I was just pissy and I was like, whatever, I'm done. So then I tried it again with an actual cartridge when I did own a Super Nintendo for a, a summer at my first apartment and uh, got about halfway through it and the battery gave out on the cartridge. The last time I tried playing Final Fantasy VI <laughs> was after uh, the uh, PlayStation um, compilations came out. I think that's Anthology that had five and six on it. And I tried playing six again, and I got right just about up to where I had gotten the first time, which was very near the end of the game. And uh, the save file on my the, the entire memory card corrupted. So at that point, I just threw my hands up and I was like, I'm never... I'm never playing this game. I mean, that's three tries I've given it, and all three times my save files have corrupted. And I was just like, "All right, that's it, I'm done." It's fate. Is there any? Is there any uh, PC ones from like the '90s that you would give a second chance that you didn't like originally? Mm. CD-ROM error, or you know, actually one that might uh, uh, upset people. Um, I really need to try the Age of Empires games again. Oh wow, you uh, never played those. You didn't like them? No, I did. I just didn't necessarily care for them at the time, but okay. everyone speaks so highly of them, and I think I might be at a, a point where I'd enjoy them more. It's more, you know, it's more uh, micro than, obviously, Civilization. You know, you're commanding individual units, so... Right. It's enjoyable. I played the first one. I think the first one I played... Uh, how did I get the first one? Was that a demo that Microsoft came out? How did I get that originally? I did play like the first everyone one. had the first one. I don't know how. They really just gave out the first one that to everyone. You got Windows 98 or whatever the fuck yeah, it every, was. Every fucking gateway came with a copy of Age of Empires. Yeah, how did I get that? <laughs> yeah, I, the I, same, I, I kept all my PC software. I have all my original stuff for the most part. I don't think Weird. I have a Goblins 2 game anymore. I mean, I have, Ooh, Goblins is so good. That I should give a second chance. We had Goblins 2. I used to love going to KB's uh, toy stores early 90s, like 91, 92 with my sister and then they'd had they had all the sierra games in the bargain bin in the front with all the software so we bought like goblins too and that was a difficult game when you're like 12 they are hard games i went through the goblins games i want to say again maybe five years ago i think they were all up on uh gog or something like that i played them recently they're, they're great games but yeah they're difficult yeah i'm not sure uh i'm not sure i want to go through return to zork ever again in my fucking life though that's for sure I, I don't want to do that. Um, I'm trying to think if I should give a second chance to um, any. Let's see, I played Police Quest one and three. I never played two or four. Oh, fuck the Police Quest series. Not like the Police. You don't like uh, what the, what's that guy's name? He's still trying to make games. I think what was that officer's name? Um, trying to think. There's any- there's there's a whole story on how shitty that whole thing was. Oh, with him being involved. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a that's a fucking California story. Highway Patrolman. Um, um, I'm trying to think. There was any? Was there any PC? Was there any game I bought that was PC? Since I, since I bought most of my games, I bought in the '90s were PC. Was there any any stuff I bought that I just didn't like or th- or just said, "No, nah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play that again." Um, Myth. 
Myth. I bought Myth 2 because every, uh, my, I had a buddy in high school who loved it and kept telling me that I would enjoy Myth. And I bought it and I hated it. Um, I'm not good at like the the real time stuff though at all, like the strategy. So well, would you I'm give it a second chance it. though? I, I, you know, I probably would because I was looking at it again the other day. I was like, huh, I wonder if maybe I just was missing something. What's up? That, that was a game that seemed like it was, uh, you know, well liked when I looked back into it again. It wasn't just that I, you know, bought a bad game. Who made it? Myth two. Oh, it was Bungie. So Bungie's come up twice today. <laughs> what was the first time? Halo. Oh, oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> maybe, so maybe I'm just going to give Bungie a second chance. Why that, that Bungie multi-pack? Remember, remember the PC multi-packs where they bundled up random fucking games and they put cellophane on them? Oh, yeah. Like, it was like four games they put together. Yep. Like, Comp USA with your computer. So that was the best. But I can't remember some of those. But a lot of them were trash. Though. You know who used to do that? Like um, a BJ's Wholesale Club would do that. Or whatever you had in, in, in New York. Oh, yeah, yeah. They would, um, I think, what did we have? I think it was BJ. They bundle like five-year-old PC games together. You know, they, they, they put them together. And, um, and, and there might be one or two good games out of like four that you could do. Oh, this is a game I should give a second chance. Um, those, the LucasArts games. The LucasArts Adventure games, for some reason, I never got my, wrapped my head around them. I never actually beat Sam and Max Hits the Road. Oh, buddy. Buddy, come on. And I, and I had it. The, fuck, the, the great LucasArts, uh, they did the six packs, and that was it. I never beat that. I never got into Day of the Tentacle. Those are the oh, two. I kind of want to hang up on you. <laughs> Made of Atlantis, I believe I beat, because that was in that pack Atlantis as well. good, too. Um, and in that pack was, um, um, I think Rebel Assault 2 was in that pack. Uh, they, they give you the demo for, like, X-Wing or TIE Fighter, but I already had those in the box. Those are the best. Those, those, we're going off tangent. Those are the best. Those LucasArts, like, it was like 50 bucks for like five games and a demo. They were such good, good values of things. But um, yeah, I should give, those are the games I, sh- I should give Daily Tentacle another chance for sure. And I should give, Sam Max, I played through like most of it because I love that concept. But Daily Tentacle, I never gave, gave a shot in hell back in the day. So that, that I should do again. And I probably it's still so have good. them somewhere. Or just it's buy them on good old games for a dollar. It doesn't make any sense to try to play the games. Just buy them for a buck. That's how they get you. So, all right. Well, thanks for that uh, CU podcast. Uh, Patreon poll topic. Yeah. We have a Q&A on the CU podcast. No. This is from at Nick D 821 What are your thoughts on AVGN appearing in Irate Gamer's next video? I should have asked this. This should have been an Ian asks. Let, can we redo this? I'm going to re-ask this. All right, re-ask it to me, Ian. <clears throat> completely unnecessary fan uh the unnecessary <laughs> fan asks uh nope nope that's wrong what am i looking at this here? is why you don't ask the questions <laughs> fine you just do it just do it okay so oh, yeah here yeah what do we talk <laughs> i think we to redo the whole segment all right <laughs> q a time on the cu podcast <laughs> ian asks what are your thoughts on AVGN appearing in irate gamers next video pat do tell and that's from nick d821 ian um, it is not your first podcast rodeo um so i was kind of this came out of nowhere this was like about a week ago or uh, the irate gamer uh, chris bores who's been a on youtube since basically the, almost the beginning and he was one of the early partners um doing his angry gamer shtick which obviously i mean it's not controversial he he lifted from james doing the abgn stuff and he played he plagiarized a couple of early videos this has all gone down in history we know that this stuff happened like 14 years ago at this point 13 14 years ago um but he still does every once in a while he does his um 
he does the irate gamer series um he's an angry gamer and uh, but he he at this point in time though with his career he does he does a puppet show for children with minecraft puppets and he does like toy reviews and he does um like um uh, blind box like uh, un- unpacking of crap like five nights five night at freddy sort of stuff and, he, and, he, sure. and he's been successful so good for him he, like his second YouTube career. But I think he still, he still does these irate gamer videos every once in a while. So now he came out with a teaser to do Dick Tracy. And then there's a shot of James at the end saying, oh, you didn't expect this to happen. And it's going to come out 2020. So what are my thoughts? Hey, if, if James wants to do it, James wants to do it. I, I think J- James is, is, is mellow laid back and he doesn't hold the grudge against, against uh, Chris uh, Boar's uh, for, for things. And, and James is, in the t- is the last person in the world to hold a grudge. It's like, whatever, it's not worth it. So Chris probably came to James and said, do you want to do this? And James said, okay, I'll do it. I mean, Chris has emailed or he had representatives email me uh, twice over the I'd say past two or three years. I've been emailed a couple times asking if I wanted to work with Chris. Not sure why the emails didn't come from Chris himself. Maybe he was embarrassed, but he had a, a representative for some reason email me and ask um, a couple times. And I just didn't get back to him. It's like, what am I, I going to do? And plus I have loyalty to James. And like, why would I do that? But no, my thoughts is that, hey, if it's fun, it's fun. If, if James, I, I guarantee you, you know, uh, James' involvement wasn't coming up with and brainstorming the idea. It's just like, okay, you, you sent me a script. It's fun. Let's do it. The same way how long I want to work with James the past couple of times. Here's a script. Do you like the idea? You can get on board. It, it, it's, it's not terrible. Uh, let's do it. Uh, I, didn't, I never felt any sort of ill will towards Chris Boers. Uh, the only thing I didn't like what Chris ever did was he did this expose tell all interview five years ago um well i'm going to tell you the real story which was filled with just blatant inform- blatant disinformation and, and and straight out fabrication about him claiming that james sabotaged his career uh with the game trailers contest for out nerd the nerd that that's where, where chris first showed his videos and that's where like derek alexander happy video game nerd who we like derek he won that contest derek back and that was like 2007 or so um derek won that contest and chris claims he pulled it out of his butt that like james went to game trailers and told him not to have chris win the contest and and like stuff that he just totally made up and people called him out for him this was five years ago and i guess i don't know what chris was thinking at the time but that's the only thing that upset me is that chris years later made up this shit about james that was not true at all but if james it, it, but, if, if he, but if he apologized to James and made amends for everything, then I'm cool with it. I can't be more angry at it than James would be at this point. I mean, that's the only thing I could say. If it's a fun video, it's a fun video. Um, as someone who's worked with James uh, at this point numerous times, um, like, if James is so laid back, as long as you're not doing something terrible, he's okay with it. And he can get on board. And if it's something really cool, he gets excited about it. Then it becomes a better project. But this is probably gonna be something where it's just James, you know, obviously he's gonna be filming something in his, in his, in his um his the nerd room and then he sends it to to chris they edit together and it'll, you know it'll be entertaining this would have been a, this would have been obviously a huge a lot bigger news if it was like 10 years ago obviously obviously in the heyday of you know uh, i think that's kind of the point now i mean it's yeah. it's i mean it's not it's this is not to say that james is not big he, he sure is but this is after this is it's a little too late for for it to be as big as deal as what it would have been that's all well, and I think that's the whole point. I, I just think it's something fun they're doing. I don't think they necessarily yeah. care. It's like when Freddy versus Jason came out. It came out about nine, ten years too late. <laughs> sure, yes. Like that, Freddy versus Jason should have came out like 1990, and it came out with uh, my with the lovely Kelly Rowland. What was that? Early 2000s. It was. Uh, yeah, I think it was 2000. Um, Three. Yeah, it, it should have. Uh, it. Yeah, my God. 2003. Well, holy shit! 17 years ago. 
Yeah, that. that Sorry, movie- I'm just. I'm just thinking about how Freddy, uh, Jason goes, not Freddy, uh, Jason goes to hell is the worst movie ever made. It's so bad. It's not even fun to watch. Which had the cameo of Freddy's claws. To pull it yes, at the back. end. That's the only thing that was good about that movie. But that was like nine years ever. It took them forever to capitalize on. But I like Freddy versus Jason for what it is. I, I thought it was okay. Like, uh, it was fine. But anyway, it, so, I mean, it's fine. Yeah, so, th- so this video will be, will be fine. It'll probably be on Chris's, uh, Chris's channel. Um, and, and people will watch it and enjoy it probably for what it is you know it's like it's like you know, all of us you know we're get, all getting o- older i think james is turning 40 i think his birthday is coming up pretty soon i believe it's in late july i can't remember um i'm 40 i'm sure chris is chris boards is probably getting close to 40 we're all getting old we gotta we gotta bury the hatches when it comes to, to all these like you know internet squabbles when it comes to you know these things for the most part for the most part there's always but there's always those people out there that like always will spread lies about you years and years later that you know that's a whole other story. So, all right. I wish, I wish it, you know, it's going to be good. If, if, like I said, if, if James trusts, it'll be good. He's involved. It's going to, it'll be good. Right. All right. You, are you going to watch it, Ian? You, you, you ever watch any irate gamer stuff in the day? No. You ever watch any AVGN stuff? Probably like three episodes, three or four. Did you watch the combat one from the fall? Yeah, I did. Did you like it? Yeah, it was nice. It was nice that that you know i i will take that it was nice that's like that warms my heart that's like the, <laughs> the passive the passive almost aggressive compliment it was, it nice. was nice it was like telling was a five-year-old nice. oh that drawing's nice that you put on the fridge it was nice it almost looked like a dinosaur it kind of was i don't like video game content i just don't I just you, you, don't, you don't like stuff we, we don't, don't uh, we, we haven't yeah. done it's been th- almost three years since you appeared in a nes punk video thank fuck Oh no no! You avoided. You had the cameo. You had the cameo two years ago in, in the in the tenth uh, anniversary. You did. That's oh yeah. The the brief thing I had to do at the the other lunar location. Yeah, that's I remember right. that. All right, that's all I'm gonna say. James is cool. I'm cool. Best of luck to all involved there. All right. Well, that's the end of this CU podcast. That's the end. That was a two hour ten one. Wow, this one went longer. We had a long intro. Yep, um, it sure did. But go. And the intro didn't even feel that long. But something something was long. What, what, what are we saying there, huh? So, okay. Gross. <laughs> anyway. So, um, yeah. Hey, remember, everyone, I'm on Cameo. Cameo.com slash Pat Country. There. I, I donated uh, all, the, all the stuff to the ACLU about a week ago. I think I mentioned that last week. If not, I did. Um, I got the payments in there. So, yeah, I'm available there. And then I'm on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Country Code. Ian's got his Extra, extra Napkins podcast uh, on the side. He still has Yokoi Kids, I believe. Is that a podcast too? Or no, it's just it's not really a podcast. It's just a website. It's just a website. It's That's a bunch nice. of stuff. Our zine is actually almost done. I finished my writing for it. So, uh, oh, that should, okay. That should be out shortly. I'll talk more about that when that gets printed. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually going to be printed and like distributed and not just a PDF. No, it's going to be printed. How are people actually going to get it? Mail order. You're going to do a PDF though, right? Like, no, no, I, I don't think we will. Rick, Rick does zines all the time, and he's printing it up. And then I think the profits are going to go to a charity. Okay, you should. But it's big at some point. If some of the audience, so you actually can market it to people to find out about it. I'm trying to. I'm, trying to, I'm marketing this again. <laughs> we'll see. We're not in it for money. You, okay, you want people to find out about your. Well, that's the thing. He, Rick, Rick does comics. He knows very much how to get zines distributed. Is this going to be distributed? Like, are this going to be sold? No. We're putting it together. We're <laughs> printing it. We're selling it. 
I'm Shark Tanking you right now. I'm like, I'm like I, I don't need it to be Shark Tanked is the thing. It's just the zine for Game Boy stuff. What are your numbers? What are your projected numbers for next year? <laughs> what are your projected sales for 2021? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to go order a cheeseburger. Where are you going to order from? I don't know, but it sounds good. Raglan? Got to pick up at Raglan if you go to Raglan. Mm, no, I can't do that. I have to stay in. Well, well everything's going to be closed. Uh, California, everything's closed again by, I think by Tuesday, they said everything's closed again. All the restaurants. Including, oh, just restaurants. Restaurants and bars and, and anything indoor. Not not your stores, right? It's just, uh, what is it? We don't know, but I mean, like I said, this week is a write-off for me. I'm just, I've got to sit at home. Uh, so. Sure. Um, yeah, they're closing up stores. We're not stores. They're closing up businesses, Bar- bars entirely. Like not like which should have been never reopened to begin with. But bars entirely. No, I think I think restaurants you can eat you can eat outside but not inside. So gotcha. Because so, I saw people at the Portland Fish Shop yesterday, and like there was there was a few people outside, but most people were inside. And I was just like, I, I, okay, all right, sure. Just cough in my face. I mean, at that point, you, you might as well do that. All right, for Ian Ferguson, I'm Pat Country. We'll enjoy, hopefully, holodeck sweet Ian will be back uh, next week in, in, in real form.